Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. Featuring Chris Field. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Parker Clayer. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And Alex Sinar. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Uh... Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris. With me, as always, is Parker and Alex. And we watched Urban Legend, a movie from 1998. Do you guys have any favorite urban legends? I think my favorite one is about the crocodiles in the sewer. I don't know how they got down there. It's just a nice urban legend for me. My favorite urban legend is the moon landing. (laughs) Uh, It beats whatever I had. (laughs) (laughs) That's more of an interstellar legend, isn't it? (laughs) It was either going to be that or... Comet ping pong pizza. So oh. fucking <laughs> point of this show. You know what you're getting. John Podesta is a real legend. <laughs> hey John, what's your password again? Oh god, imagine Jared Leto writing a college newspaper article about PizzaGate. I can't believe. <laughs> Donna Brazil told John uh, John Podesta to change his password from God. <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> So, before we get into this movie, uh, do we have any news? <laughs> hey, uh, cast your mind back a couple years now. Do you remember where you were late 2017? Around October, to be precise. Not very different from where I am now. Unfortunately. I mean, it's been years now. Three years. It, chapter one, oh. singular, had just come out a month prior. And Friday the 13th, it, that... That very month in 2017 is when we got the first trailer for the New Mutants, which will be in theaters this weekend. Oh, God. They must have been working really hard on it. There's going to be so many sweaty nerds ruining my (laughs) Russell Crowe experience. (laughs) Fucking almost like every major news site's been like, yeah, no, we're not covering it. Disney refused to send us screeners for it. (laughs) (laughs) This movie that has been on the shelf for three years. They were supposed to reshoot like half of it. The fucking merger happened with Fox, and it just sat there, and by the time it came back to reshoot, they're like, yeah, everyone looks three years older now, it's not really gonna work, so I guess we'll just finish up the effects. (laughs) (laughs) It's been pretty much done, just getting flopped out to theaters, because it contractually has to be in the middle of a pandemic. (laughs) Great. You know, the one screen that they keep showing from, the one still that they keep showing in all, like, the preview images and everything, just reminds me of that still from uh, the new Titan show, where all that's standing (laughs) in a back alley and everyone's dressed (laughs) like a nerd. Every time I see this screen, I'm like, is this from 2007? (laughs) Who's gonna die for this movie? Even I'm like, you know what? If it's Russell Crowe or nothing. Goddamn! We had a trivia question about Unhinged, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It was what is the name of the new Russell Crowe movie coming out in 2020? That's not trivia. That's <laughs> just movie. Fun. Maybe not for the show. <laughs> Everyone's like, new. Ru- he hasn't made a movie since the late mid, has he? Like, oh, actually. <laughs> let's. But let's get to the real meat and potatoes here. How excited are you guys for that Snyder Cut trailer? Am I right, folks? Holy dog shit. 
Did, what an ugly ass movie. So did you guys actually watch the trailer? I didn't. Of course not. I, I didn't trailers. up until about 15 minutes ago. Because I'm putting it off that I remember like, oh yeah, someone said that they play Hallelujah again. I was like, I should probably watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking nerve of him to use that as a needle drop again after Watchmen. It's, he's grown so powerful. It, it can't be worse than Watchmen, right? Right? Four hours. <laughs> oh my God. It's a good thing Alex didn't watch that trailer. He would have slept through this watch it as one <laughs> It's a good thing movie. I didn't watch the regular four, cut. Four one-hour parts. It's up to you, man. Four one-hour parts? You're going to spread I'm it out over a I'm ready for this to week. be... Just put this out as a 24-episode Quibi series. I'm here for it. Like, between using Hallelujah again, and then just, like, realizing, like, wait, why does this look all boxy and shitty? Why does it look like it's on, like, standard def TV from a decade ago? And I'm thinking, like, oh, I'm using an IMAX aspect ratio. Like, motherfucker, it's debuting on HBO Max. <laughs> this fucking asshole is dropping it in an IMAX ratio. He has grown too strong for us. Okay, so Alex, I think this is something you mentioned before and I'm gonna concur. I keep forgetting, is the Snyder Cut for Justice League or Batman v Superman? <laughs> I'll tell you who it's for. <laughs> Thank you for this delicious tea-up you've given me. Uh-oh. Because someone tweeted that uh, you know, it didn't look very good. It kind of looked like the original version. To which, our good friend Zack Snyder personally responded <clears throat> You said you enjoyed the theatrical cut of Justice League like you enjoy your Saturday morning cartoons. Well, this is made for grown-ups, so you're not in the demographic. Got him. <laughs> All of you grown-ups listening, four hours of Justice League coming your way. Who's ready? Our grown-up adult <laughs> comic book movie. It's basically Deadpool My mature <laughs> Justice League movie for grown-ups only. No kids allowed. The entire trailer is so fucking dingy and CGI-filled and gray and ugly-looking. Oh, we'll get to it's that. How do you do, fellow Justice League fans, all of us adults, going to the theater to see Steppenwolf? Everyone. Man, nice name pool, considering you saw 15 minutes of it. I'm proud of you. I had to remind <laughs> you know, I barely remember who Steppenwolf is, and I sat through it. <laughs> you know, the thing that gets me about this is, attacked on to the end of this tweet was a uh, way to comment on something on the internet, or something that was leaked to the public or something. It's like, yeah... Way to comment on something that you saw. <laughs> Way to watch this twit vid, you <laughs> fucking hack. How dare you? <laughs> Find a new slant. <laughs> it basically means don't comment on my videos. Don't you dare message my wife. <laughs> please do not email my wife. <laughs> Serious inquiries about Cyborg only, please. It's like, oh my god, it's all the footage you got cut out in the trailer. It's like, oh wow, it's Cyborg playing football. Finally. Oh. All this stuff I missed <laughs> from the theatrical cut. Wow, this actually does sound like a good trailer. Let's, let's all watch it now. Look, it'd be really funny if this ended up being like a secret masterpiece and everyone got proven wrong. But also, it just looks like Justice League. You know, but grayer. The odds longer. are not really in the favor of this being a good movie. <laughs> hey, man, when you got such classics like Batman v Superman and Man of Steel and Sucker Punch. And, uh. <laughs> uh I've still never sat through Watchmen. I'm going to regret admitting that, but there it is. I, so I made I it like saw an hour it. into that movie. <laughs> I saw that movie opening night in theaters and went, oh, that's not that bad. Because, you know, midnight showings will just do that to you. Yeah, there's an And then we watched the extended cut on my buddy's oh. couch. Oh, how many like, years did that take you? A year and a half later. I, dude, I fell asleep three times. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's like I woke up, it's like, oh, it's still on. And then I woke up, it's like, oh, it's that slow-mo scene where Night Owl's just running around in slow motion. I don't know what's happening. So I went back to sleep. I can't and imagine. I woke up and it still wasn't over. I can't imagine watching Watchmen and thinking, you know what this needs? More. <laughs> One final oh. thing. It's already three and a half hours. Let's wait. Okay. Parker, is there any other news? I'm at work. Sweating like a pig in this Texas heat. I'm like, all right, finally a break. Let me open my phone. HBO Max first softens you up with that four hours of Justice League and then hits you with the overhand ride of a West Wing full cast reunion. Putting this on the table now, whichever of you assigns this to me, is fucking kill on sight. I swear <laughs> to God. I cannot. I cannot take it. Parker, are you the one that had to watch the 9-11 episode sure of the West the Wing? <laughs> all right, just making sure that was you. <laughs> I made a separate Netflix profile on everything so it wouldn't just fuck up my recommendations forever. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's fantastic. <laughs> oh, man. Jeff's newsroom is like, here. There's no goddamn way in hell I'm going to talk about the Batman trailer. Life is too short. What's there? Hey, it's dark. There's Batman's in it. Check it out. I'll be there. How are we, how are we rebooting Batman again? Already, ben because it's, do it it's Batman. It's it's just one of those franchises that's always I mean, going to have fans who's always going what? to have this, a chance for it. You know, this is our fourth different Batman since like 2007. But also, like this movie was supposed to come out like three years ago, <laughs> much like the Flash, which was also supposed to already be out. Just keep pushing it back, baby. Just keep retrying it. I, I'm sure like, the movie's going to be fine. I just. I'm not, like, excited for it. And I thought I would be, because I'm, like, I'm a pretty big Batman fan. But, uh, yeah, I, it doesn't... And I love Robert Pattinson, too. I just have no interest in this. I low-key love the DCEU, because, like, they just keep trying. Every <laughs> other, like, failed universe would be like, fuck it, man, just start over. Dark Universe isn't working, fuck it, start over. They just keep trying like no the flash is gonna be a flashpoint movie and it'll have all the different batmans then batfleck's gonna come back and get it michael keaton's gonna be it they'll have the new batman like just it just make a fucking batman movie and move on with your lives it's so cool they will not give up the goat no matter how much they need to because like it's all been failures shazam is probably the best dc movie (laughs) you're not wrong Oh, maybe Wonder Woman, I don't know. Movies are fucking terrible. Thank God for this break we've gotten in 2020, because 2021's <laughs> gonna be... Oh my God. We already hurt. got one really good movie in 2020, Bloodshot. We're fine. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna say, if, if Bloodshot is like the last movie I ever see in theaters, I can live with that. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> Mostly just because it. Bloodshot fucking owns, but it's hard, to, it's hard to go out higher than that. Yeah, so thank you, Parker, for the whatever the HBO Max stories were. <laughs> yeah. Bless you felt pretty great knowing that they're all in my future in one way or another oh jeez uh, any other news I mean there's all it's all the same shit this yeah. movie's not coming out everything's pushed trailers who gives a shit I don't care yeah don't well, bother showing me trailers nothing's coming out till next spring I think one of the things that I like about the show is we just talk about what interests us instead of like the general public you know so uh, we're gonna do a scene. Uh, I too hate our listeners. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> now, what do you think the Riddler's plan is in this movie? Oh, jeez. Jack off motion. <laughs> All right, let's get into our jerks of the week. Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. Uh, do you guys have any jerks of the week? The jerk of the week is the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking do? bozo thinks crime is funny. 
What's his deal? <laughs> what a bozo. <laughs> My hero of the week is the Joker, because he is like, you know, does all this violent stuff, but he's not political. And that's why I like him. <laughs> Sam, look at Parker all Joker pilled over here. <laughs> So, uh, my hero of the week is myself, which, uh, I've got a reason for this. I went on a date with a girl named Heba. She's Indian. Gross. She's, Goodbye. Uh, okay. <laughs> she's, <laughs> she's from India. She came over here a couple of years ago and, uh, she listened to the podcast and she thought it was funny. Oh, I'm so sorry right. about your lack of second date. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, she listened to the part of the podcast and, uh, like the opening and she was like, why do you call yourself a jackass? I was like, I, I just thought it was funny. You know, it's a funny news clip and stuff. And then I was like, I'm not like those guys on that show or anything. And she's like, what? What show? What are, what are you talking about? Oh, so I no. had to tell her about <laughs> Jackass the movie and the show in a public park. And I showed her the clip where Steve-O destroys the ceiling fan. <laughs> <laughs> we did the exact same thing. I pulled it up on my couch. I was like, dude, check this shit out. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a... It really summarizes the entire legacy of Jackass. The look of shock fan. on her face. <laughs> She's just giving me this look that just says, in you know, without words, why do you watch this? <laughs> so I showed her the video again, and it, no, <laughs> no, you don't understand. Let me, let me tell you, you miss the nuance, of course. <laughs> See, I deeply regret that I took a drink because I meant to say gross as you said a date. Instead, I said it after you said her Indian name, <laughs> which is a. I'll, I'll see, say not it, a it's good funny look. because I actually said it at the right time, but Chris's audio is always a little bit faster than mine, so it's also going to sound like I did that. I'll, I'll I try We're to. No, it's fine. I don't care. Uh, it's it's expected. Yeah. Well, again, I'm going to edit it uh, a little bit because. Anyway, uh, does anyone know what happened to the doc? <laughs> Someone out there knows what happens to the doc and that person is not me right. and it is also still not the doc it's between the lord and doc right now right that's all we can ask for okay in that case let's talk about what we watched recently oh no bitch because i need to tell you what happened oh. are you aware of what <laughs> wwe thunderdome is christopher oh no what is what is wwe thunderdome oh, it's a mad so max ripoff so they're now recording shows in a new arena where obviously they can't have a crowd, so they just have a whole bunch of Zoom calls behind them. Turns out, hey Chris, how much do you think you would have to pay to like get a spot in there to be front and center on TV? I, it's like probably thousands of dollars, right? Free, huh? Literally anyone can just reserve a spot in there. Which meant on Monday oh, no. Night Raw, in the crowd, you got to see Chris Benoit. <laughs> oh my god. A clan rally. <laughs> And a beheading video. <laughs> Congratulations to everyone involved. I thought you were going to say... Terrible clip. You just see like what's clearly an ISIS thing, and the guy goes to like move his arm across his neck, and then a wrestler just runs in front of the camera, and it changes ankles. It's, it's the fucking worst thing I've ever seen. I and the last two, by the way, were the same guy because they put on a clan video and were like, "Oh, no one kicked me because it's the exact same square that shows the beheading." Later. <laughs> I, I really thought that you were going to say, "Oh, Alex hacked in there and he showed his balls on cam or something." No, <laughs> just seeing Chris Benoit in the corner watching the screen. Is, man, 
The internet's really cool, you guys. <laughs> Who could have guessed that this would happen if you could just let literally anyone come in on a Zoom call? Well, I mean, the, it's completely understandable that you think wrestling fans were sensible, reasonable people <laughs> that wouldn't do something like that. You know, exactly. if, they, if wrestling and civility really go hand in hand. You know, could you imagine if this was a thing in like 2012? Oh my god! <laughs> oh man, <laughs> you would be. We'd be getting some phone calls right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised AEW hasn't taken them over yet. How come they can figure this shit out? It's so cool. No, just put all the fans on there. <laughs> and instead of like people like yelling, they're just sitting in front of their computer in front of their webcam. It's <laughs> haunting. I saw like three gifts, and they're all fucking terrifying looking. 2020 is great, y'all. Sorry, I feel bad for I don't laughing know if that at the was my video. jerk or my hero. That was just a fill in the blank for yourself of the week. I guess the heroes whoever reported this information. This is why journalism was... matters, kids. It was probably the Joker. You know, he's a real agent of chaos. <laughs> Does sound like something that the clown prince of crime would do. Why are we talking about the Jokers? <laughs> Speaking of clowns, I couldn't think of a jerk of the week. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! 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 Hmm? Oh, never mind. We're good. We're good. We're good. Oh, okay. We're good. <laughs> oh, oh damn! The Joker's in your call, dude. <laughs> he knows, dude. Yeah. He just Jokerified my recording. All right. So, speaking of clowns, I watched Clown House. <sighs> I knew you would. Okay, so... I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. A question that comes up, why did you watch this? And a better question, why did you download it in the first place? We know the backstory of this kind of movie, and I uh, wasn't pleased to hear about it. And yeah, it was on the list, sure, yeah, fine, whatever. But I kind of just downloaded blindly for one reason. The runtime is like 81 minutes. And Ooh. yeah, it's basically like the theory of oh if i just watch this really quick you know as like a free check on the thing and i just sort of have it up in the background it's, it's definitely not a good movie i i mean i don't know what else there is to say about what happened behind the camera but uh i think it kind of looks more like an are you afraid of the dark episode with some clowns and kills <laughs> where you barely see anything happen and what becomes interesting about this uh off camera no the other thing that happened off camera is that uh, I believe it was Francis Ford Coppola got involved as the executive producer, and a lot of people really wanted this to get made and released. I don't know why. Is Victor Salva known for anything else? Is he supposed Chris, to be really good? Chris, are you suggesting that Francis Ford Coppola was the Zack Snyder of his time? <laughs> That's a little kind to Francis Ford Coppola. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say more that Victor Salva <laughs> is the Roman Polanski of the horror community. I assume that was just also Roman Polanski. <laughs> yeah, wait a second. <laughs> I guess that could be him. Does Repulsion count as a horror movie? Oh, wait. I, I, it's more of a thriller. At least Victor Salva went to jail. Didn't just flee like, all right, I'll just be in Europe forever. Yeah, I mean, good he got to did come back still, and make He still got released I mean, in it's, it's, Creepers 3. Is, is jail really that much worse than Poland? <laughs> Shout out to all of our Polish listeners out there. <laughs> you got zinged, bitches. Which would just be me, I guess. Congrats to all our Polish listeners for figuring out how to listen to our podcast on an 8-track. <laughs> they got a little hamster on a wheel that gets it going. No, their audio's desynced again. Run faster. Oh, Yarchay. the potato is dejuiced from your damn podcast again. <laughs> 
Shout out to Poland. Okay, so... We love our Polish friends. I'm no, sorry, no. we have no food for the winter. I wanted to hear the funny American men talk about Stay Alive again. <laughs> Is this just going to turn into one of those Latvian potato jokes? When you die from famine, you die for real. <laughs> Philosophy and have potato. <laughs> <laughs> he is great dad. Premise insane. What is two potato? <laughs> there it is. <laughs> uh, my jerk of the week is Yarche, who stole my potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> so the next movie I watched... <laughs> Uh, like it was like, all right, we need to not make a bunch of pedophilia jokes. All right, these fucking poles have had it too, good for too long. <laughs> it's like how you know you can't be racist against minorities, but you can be racist against Italian people. It's just like that. Just do the voice. It's okay. I'm gonna leave that in there anyway. I absolutely. <laughs> you, I encourage you to leave in every stupid thing that I say. Okay. Uh, NYC Polish voice, my new account. <laughs> Can I please talk about Black Christmas? Okay. <laughs> Buddy. Watched 1974, the original Black Christmas, directed by the viciously untalented Bob Clark. Also Jesus. responsible for... Oh, fuck him. He also did A Christmas Story. Your two favorite movies. You can have a holiday double feature every year. So, uh, I had heard recently, um, and I say recently within like the past five years or something like that, that Black Christmas was not very good. Now I figure out there's three of them. I don't know which one they're talking about. Um, do you remember back when I first started writing for you? This is back, I think, 2015, maybe 2016. I started writing for you, and my first piece was on Santa's sleigh. I remember I had gone onto the internet, and I was searching for what is the worst Christmas movie of all time. I was like, I'll do that, you know? And they kept saying the remake of Black Christmas. So they were referring to the 06 version. I was like, really? It was that bad? And all the pieces kept saying, well, the original wasn't very good either. I was like, huh, how could it be that much worse than a bad movie? And I don't know why, but this idea kept kind of like festering in my brain. I was like, I, I'm just kind of curious about that. And the first two are, happened to be on the list, so I was, might as well knock it out. Uh, so remember how we always say the 70s never produced anything good? Boy, Black Christmas 1974 will back that up. <laughs> I love that all my bad takes just get slowly vindicated over the years. Like you're just being ignorant. You don't see movies, and it's like, okay, well, okay, well, <laughs> okay, well, okay. I guess <laughs> the thing about Black Christmas, I don't know what it is about '70s movies, but why do all of them look so bad? Like, is it something with the film stock? I really do think that there's something behind this because I have noticed this ever since I was in like middle school that movies from the '70s just kind of look like shit. And Black Christmas is a really big example of that. There's something with, like, the colors washed out, and everything just looks bad. It's not just the fashion, not just the hair, although those are also awful, but everything just kind of looks like shit. And I'm not sure why. Nothing. Okay. Because that's just what well, the 70s fucking looked like. Just a miserable time to be alive. Margot Kidder is drinking her way through the entire movie, and I don't blame <laughs> her. She's like, I got four more years God of bless Superman. her. Jeez, just hurry up with this shit. Um, John Saxon <laughs> does no karate moves throughout the entire movie. Oof, that's a rough now, beat. Parker, you gave this four stars, no kung Did fu I? from John Saxon. What are we doing here? That seems 
ill-advised. Actually, Parker, I will defend that rating for you when we get to the next few movies. (laughs) (laughs) I almost got a grading on a curve. I had prior knowledge. (laughs) And Olivia Hussey wears a shirt that's buttoned up to her chin, so thanks, guys. It's like the one reason I might watch this. Anyway. um, Uh, We here at Real Deal. So this is supposed to be a slasher. Um, Nope. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, again. More of a thriller. Uh, it's well. it's more of a paper bag or a plastic bagger. Um, they just kind of uh, plastic bag one woman, and I I guess that's supposed to be scary. The rest of it, Parker used the word procedural to describe it, and I think that's what they're going for. But it doesn't really work that way. It's really just a whole lot of people talking. This doesn't feel like a horror or a thriller because uh, there's nothing thrilling that happens until like the very end and maybe the very beginning, I guess. Uh, Chris, you didn't like the scene at the end where they find out the identity of the killer? Oh, okay, so here's the thing. <laughs> it's just, you know who the killer was the entire time? The killer! <laughs> Go fuck yourself, bye. <laughs> and then he just leaves. <laughs> Goodbye. Oh my god, it was this guy. <laughs> no, it wasn't him. Credits! <laughs> Get fucked. Do you know who I am? It's me, the killer, because I just killed you. Goodbye. <laughs> Ring-a-ding-ding, hello. Okay, so there's a thing that's been going on kind of recently in movies where you'll have high schoolers and they'll be portrayed by... High school characters who are portrayed by actors in their 20s. Uh, The faculty did this. Uh, My favorite example is The Perfect Score. You got Chris Evans in there. I'm pretty sure he was like 27 when he played a high schooler in that movie. But you don't mind it so much and you understand, you know, it's... You know, teenagers, they look up to adults, they kind of emulate that sort of thing, and they'd rather be portrayed by adults with full-figured bodies than they would be by people who look like them. I can understand that. Black Christmas 74 takes it a little too far. These are the (laughs) oldest sorority sisters I've ever seen in my life. And it just, they don't feel like they're college students, they just feel like a bunch of spindly old ladies who live with themselves. And it's, it's just kind of a weird vibe that's going on. Uh... I don't like this movie very much, Parker. Hey, Chris, do you want a cursed thought I've had in my head for like the last two days of a went to share with you? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay, so you know all the fucked up phone calls he keeps leaving him? Oh, yeah. Okay, that, but also mixed with Tom Brenneman saying that forward and then just doing his apology mid-home run. <laughs> <laughs> do, we, do we know what city he said it about yet? I thought it was oh, Kansas City. Yeah, it was City, Kansas City. Was it about Kansas City? Yeah, but which I would Kansas not City? have thought of that as one of the capitals. Yeah, n- never crossed my mind, I'll be honest with you. Yeah, because I don't think about things that way. But yeah, Parker, that's a good <laughs> I mean, question. also that, but... Okay. <laughs> yeah, but, but Parker, that's a good idea. I don't know, you're going to lick your guts. Long way back, Manny Ramirez going to right field. It is gone, and then I'm going to take you down to the basement. <laughs> I'd like to thank everyone with Fox and everyone who signs my checks. <laughs> what a cool move just to apologize to literally the people who write your checks and not, and not everyone not listening. <laughs> just fucking listening to that, the only thing that I could think about in real time was Miger's, Miger doing the Chris Berman 9-11 tribute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I haven't thought of that in a very long time. <laughs> Back, back, back. Well, now! (laughs) Just getting right back to highlights. (laughs) Oh, fuck. That takes me back. You're welcome, buddy. (laughs) Do I have anything nice to say about Black Christmas 1974? Well, it is nice seeing John Saxon again. Rest in power. Um, And 
I guess it's kind of a different way to take it. Some people have called this a classic now, and I think they're only really doing that as like a reappraisal in comparison to the two remakes that came out. I don't think this is a classic. You wouldn't watch this during Halloween, or you wouldn't watch it during Christmas. Not because it's not festive, but because it sucks. So <laughs> that's, that's just the way I feel about it. It's just not a very good movie. I like that tee up. It was really good. <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched Black Christmas 2006. Now, this one had been kind of built up for me. Again, I had read a whole bunch of articles and listicles and everything that said Black Christmas 2006, one of the worst Christmas movies. It has nothing to do with a holiday spirit. I'm like, I have to admit, Parker, I thought this was going to be better. Because you said something, they turned this stupid little slow procedural with just a whole bunch of talkie bits into a slasher. I'm like, well, there'll be something visually interesting going on. It will finally become a thriller. Maybe I'll be interested in what's going on. What proceeded apace upon the screen is one of the most insulting movies I think I've ever seen. Um, it has some <laughs> of the worst writing I've ever heard. Uh, when I told Parker that, I think he put a little nickel in his piggy bank because uh, he knew what was coming after. But uh, like, yeah, prepare to choke on those words later, buddy. <laughs> the writing's awful, and the problem is that the actresses all know it because they are not trying in this. They are just sleepwalking through all these performances. Uh, anyway, the basic idea is. It's actually a far different movie from the first one. The only thing it has in common is it's a sorority set in uh, set around Christmas time, and there is a mysterious killer out there. Um, the sorority sisters all live together, and they're doing secret Santa and stuff like that. And one of their traditions is one of the people who's participating in secret Santa has to get a gift for the deceased serial killer. That's the I'm sorry, what? Right? Yeah. <laughs> It's part of our tradition. Dude, that's like the easiest Secret Santa rule of all time. Yeah. That's not really the way that I thought about it, but okay. I guess it's... <laughs> Just get him anything. Dickhead. Bye. <laughs> yeah, it has to be under five bucks. Oh, can do. Eat that Snickers myself. The one that was looking. You like smelly socks, you dead bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> smelly socks. Just, I know what's coming in this movie, and it just filled me with such a glee knowing you forced yourself. So to watch it. Uh, they do a whole long flashback. The editing and the structure of this movie is just awful. Uh, in that sorority house, there was uh, a couple who didn't like each other very much, but I guess they liked each other enough to fuck and conceive a child, who was born with, and this is the movie's words, a rare liver condition that made his skin turn yellow, which is called jaundice. Uh, no, not just that a rare, rare skin two, condition. Two <laughs> syllables. You could just say jaundice, and they were just like, nah. So uh, the, the mother and the father hated each other. Um, anyway, the mother hates the father so much that she has her new boyfriend kill him, and I guess the boy hides in the attic. And uh, then the mother uh, has incest with the, the boy in the attic, and then conceives a child. So you're like, oh, we're going for the really fucked up angle, right? And then I, I guess the boy kind of goes nuts and he kills his mom kills his and lover i guess kills her boyfriend and maims his sister tears her eye out and everything and that's really fucked up it's really scary you're scared right you're scared during this movie that's scary so cut back to present day i guess and uh 
the killer has escaped from the mental hospital. It's it's really stupid, and the camera angles look dumb and everything, and the music's awful. <laughs> so anyway, he comes in and breaks into their house and is, uh, I guess, killing all of them. But here's a little twist. That sister of his that he maimed, he tore out her eye, she was living in the attic the entire time. And I guess no one noticed it. And she's also helping to kill the sorority sisters. Why? I don't know. So, uh, it's, I, I think what the movie is kind of banking on is there's a lot of fucked up imagery. I looked it up and it turns out the Weinsteins were involved with this. So that's what we're going with. Oh, yeah. Well. Um, they recut it. Yeah, they recut it so that the ending would be even more violent and bloody and gory and everything. I, that's what the movie's going for, I guess. I, I can't say that I think it's a very good idea, I'll tell you that much, because it doesn't really pay off. This movie, I think one of the things that really bothers me about it is that the movie is really trying very hard to sell this to you through Christmas, which is probably my favorite holiday. I Parker, I like Christmas about as much as you like Halloween. So I guess the reason that Black Christmas 2006 doesn't work, besides the fact that it's trying to sell this awful product to us through the vein of Christmas is that it doesn't really go anywhere, it doesn't say anything, it doesn't really do anything useful. That combined with the awful acting, awful direction, awful uh, writing, everything that goes into it, it's really just kind of sad. I think it's kind of, it's not necessarily exploitative, which is what a lot of people said about it when it was released. And like, how dare you release a violent movie at Christmas? Yeah, Hollywood's never done that before. Uh, it's just kind of... It, it thinks that everyone who watches it is an idiot, which in my case, yeah, sure, point taken. But I kind of feel that we should hold ourselves to a higher standard with this. Let I me cannot uh, turn that. Let me explain my viewing situation when I saw this for the first time. Oh boy. This was back when I worked overnights. So was me and like, I'd say five or six people who had just gotten violently day drunk put this on. And proceeded to just point and yell at the TV for about 90 minutes every time someone got murdered. So I had a wonderful experience. And then I watched it afterwards and went, oh, this is really bad. Yeah, this movie <laughs> sucks. Now but, I can see why he gave four stars to the original one. But, it, I mean, yeah, like I said, you grade <laughs> on that curve. Right. And that first movie in 06 where everyone was just hammered and just had nothing in their body but alcohol and Little Caesars. And he just watched that child make people cookies. I don't know. Oh yeah, I was having a pretty time good time he... then, and then you watch it with a clear head, and you're like, "Oh fuck, maybe I don't like movies." Which is weird. They never went for the fucked up angle in the first one, but they're like, "Okay, we'll do it in this one." And, then and I she thought, "Fucks her I... son." What's the matter, <laughs> Big Brother? Yeah, wow, it's really screwed up. You've never seen anything like this before. This ain't your dad's <laughs> Black <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> oh man. He just, he thought, just wow. loves chaos. He's just he's an oh, agent it? of chaos. No, you're good. No, oh. I just was talking about the Joker for real that time. Oh. <laughs> okay, so I thought, wow, can't get any worse than this. But if you cast <laughs> your mind back to a little bit last year, do you remember when we saw the Black Christmas trailer in theaters? And we, I think our initial reaction was, what is up with all these trailers that give away everything about the movie? You know, like I remember that trailer really specifically. It was just like, oh, there's a bunch of stabbings of the sorority. I'm like, oh, it's a generic slasher movie. Sure, fine, whatever. Um, and then they're like, oh, wait, there's an ancient cult that's involved. I'm like, oh, what? You're just going to give away the entire movie? Why? Anyway, Parker said he'd watch it, so I waited <laughs> eagerly for his thoughts on this. Taking off my weighted training vest as we speak. <laughs> <laughs> 
order to talk about the remake of the remake of the remake of Black Christmas, I think it's important to talk about the director. Her name is Sophia Takal. Um, which sounds like a Sonic the Hedgehog character. Um, a little bit. Yeah, Sophia Takal was originally an actress. She was in, um, what's it called? Uh, she was in VHS. She was in one segment of VHS. And nothing else that's noticeable. Um, Hell yeah. So... My theory here is that she realized she couldn't really make it as an actress because she lacks talent, so she decided, oh, I'll move on to directing instead. That's where I'll make my name in Hollywood. And she took a look at what was popular in 2019, and one of the ones was addressing rape culture and toxic masculinity and the patriarchy and misogyny, etc. And I I kind of have the feeling that she saw Charlie's Angels 2019 and said, oh, way too subtle. Oh, I will no. make the real vision here. <laughs> now, the movie stars Immigrant Poots. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think I'd stop laughing at that at some point, but, uh, you know. Yeah. Me, so. And the movie is produced by Jason Blum. Hell yeah, dude. Just uh, gotta yeah. make that money. <laughs> what has Blumhouse done that's good? It's just, I guess it's just Whiplash and Get Out, right? How long do you want this podcast to be, my dude? Let's no, just move no, past no. it. <laughs> okay, fine. Let's just, let's just keep going. Look, there's no way this doesn't end up in Chris having to watch Fantasy Island. So Exactly. Uh, I mean, I already know what my football season has for me. So anyway. Um, oh, you have no idea. Buddy, I hope you still have your Quibi free trial. <laughs> oh, fuck. <no>. Anyway. Um, <laughs> in this movie, uh, sorority sisters are getting picked off by killer but there's a lot more of this rip from the headlines sort of thing like again rape culture on campus uh, misogyny stalking harassment stuff like that i can understand that that's i can see why you'd put it into a movie i'm not against all that i guess i'm against the way that they do it uh for example carrie elwes is in this movie carrie elwes plays uh there's really no other way to say this jordan peterson <laughs> fucking realization that the shithead teacher who hates women is just played by the dude from princess bride and was like oh my god there's like an hour 25 left in this movie <laughs> uh, you say that i was thinking he plays a guy named jonas in uh twister <laughs> that's your go-to i feel it that's pretty yeah. on brain for this yeah, spot I mean, yeah that's a future episode anyway oh it doesn't uh, have to be imogen hey. poots is in this movie and uh she was i guess assaulted by an ex-boyfriend no this movie is pg-13 oh god and <laughs> yeah so you know what we love to see we love to see a lot of brock turner references in our pg-13 movie now i'm not you say references which is that's one way to put it. Just Christmas. depictions, just, I guess. Just tell me what you way. saw, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I they do a little. Okay, how do I how do I set this up? I'm not against talking about rape and sexual assault and how to prevent it and how it's a terrible thing and we need awareness about it, even in a PG-13 movie, because young women need to know about this and how to defend themselves. And we need to tell young men that this isn't right. I I'm totally on board with that. What I'm not on board with is doing a stupid little song and dance to it where they're all dressed up in Santa mini dresses. Um, so again, let's uh, go back to the director, Sophia Takal, character from Sonic the Hedgehog. She watched <laughs> uh, she watched Mean Girls and said it was really sexist. 
Nice. Uh, yeah, she watched Deadpool and said it was really sexist. All right, that one's kind of true. She watched uh, Black Christmas and said it was really sexist. Uh, and she, <laughs> this is the weird one. She did not watch I Spit on Your Grave, but that's what she pitched to Blumhouse. It's like, can I remake I Spit on Your Grave? It's a real feminist powerhouse. You didn't watch that movie? You didn't watch the most infamous rape movie of all time? You're like, yeah, I'll just remake it. Why would I haven't you... seen it, but I've got a spin on it. <laughs> it wasn't even a spin. She was just like, that's a really strong feminist movie. Oh, man, you haven't watched it. You don't just plop your suitcase down on the executive's desk. It's like, here's my prospectus. <laughs> Apparently you do, because they'll greenlight this movie for you. <laughs> Maybe we should all be inspired by her confidence. I guess. The just blind com- Again, she considered Mean Girls to be sexist. Okay. God, um, her biggest credits being oh I was like the lead actress in one of five segments from an anthology movie I would like to direct a picture please <laughs> anyway, let's well, do it guys we're all white men so. let's go we could fucking make a movie <laughs> tomorrow <laughs> maybe that CIA op Jared Leto article was right after all right we'll get to that anyway uh, <laughs> yeah we will <laughs> so here's the thing uh, all these sorority sisters are being picked off and they're, they're kind of really phoning it in on the feminism thing at one point they use the phrase t-shirt feminism that's exactly what this movie is i would say that the movie set back the cause of feminism by a couple centuries but no one saw it besides me and parker so i think the cause of feminism is still strong despite this movie's best efforts uh towards the end it is revealed that carrie elwis is (laughs) the lead of a a pagan cult within the college that sacrifices women to a male pagan god uh and that's how they maintain their power and that these members of the secret society with skulls will go on to be congressmen members of the supreme court ad executives and everything and they will keep women down in their place which is the kitchen but they messed with the wrong sisters and Ruth Bader Has Ginsburg Joel seen comes this? in. <laughs> he fucking wrote it. <laughs> he lived it. Uh, they have to kill all the women <laughs> so that all men can remain virgins till 30 and get their magical powers. It's it's something like that. Anyway, when she finally kills Jordan Peterson, I mean Carrie Elwes, this black goo bubbles out of him and that represents toxic masculinity. <laughs> I'm not making this up. Fuck, dude. That's incredible. Okay, so I kind of want to assign it to Alex. Uh, oh. <laughs> just, it's like, you have to say it's really like opening salvo you might regret for it. I really hope you didn't use your Quibi free trial then. <laughs> I don't even know if I ever signed up for Quibi. Anyway. Um, Why would you? <laughs> what if they had free movie? What is appealing on Quibi? Uh, you'll find out. I wouldn't know. I don't know anything about Quibi. I don't really follow that sort of thing. Anyway, um, it kind of becomes difficult to talk about this too much because I'm not saying it was made bad on purpose, but it kind of feels like it inculcates itself against criticism. You'd be like, oh, you must be one of those red-pilled incels if you don't like this movie. What, you don't like feminism? What are you, part of rape culture or something? One of the guys in the movie kind of... good thing is no one on the internet would ever try to insulate themselves against criticism like that, so... This is a real one-off, you know? We don't have to worry about that ever happening again. Of course not. So we have one guy (laughs) in the movie actually says something. He actually does a not-all-men thing. 
but they say it explicitly and they it's just such a badly made movie the direction is just awful uh so sophia takal can't direct she she's just awful at directing that's the problem with it okay so it becomes a little bit difficult to criticize the remake of the remake of black christmas because like i said some the movie not necessarily was made bad on purpose but I guess they're trying to prevent themselves from being criticized because like, Oh, maybe you're just a red pilled incel in a way. It kind of reminds me of, I hope they serve beer in hell. Oh, hell yeah. (laughs) Future episode. No, (laughs) that movie is hard to sit through much as this one is. This is, (laughs) this is legitimately one of the worst movies I've ever seen. And, it's somehow worse than I hope they serve. I hope they serve beer in hell, uh, which they do. It's just Hefeweizens, though, so you wouldn't want to go. Um, the- yeah, but like this movie has all this embarrassing stuff, and at least it makes up for it with some PG thirteen bloodless kills off screen. Oh man, that's what that's gets pretty me. Cool, right? Nothing looks good. Nothing looks cool. It's it's just awful, uh, and the writing is somehow worse than the 06 version. I didn't think that was possible. But this is just so embarrassing. Embarrassing is like the one word that I would use for it. Uh, so I think I could uh, I could criticize this movie without being a red pilled insult virgin, etc. But my goodness, I, how awful! <laughs> and now Parker, I know what you mean when you say like, "Oh, you think Sleepaway Camp is bad, <laughs> buddy? I have such sights to show you." <laughs> By the way, like. An hour before we started, I was in a different horror Discord with a bunch of Yeti friends, and one of them just posted LMAO and then posted a screen cap, which was CDF checked Black Christmas, CDF disliked Black Christmas, CDF checked Black Christmas, CDF disliked Black Christmas. <laughs> Shout out to our good friend Pepe. <laughs> just posting your feed without knowing anything of what was happening in your life. That day. I think he could hazard a guess of what was going on in my life at that point. Nothing positive. Right. <laughs> oh, that was a dark day in Christery. Anyway, the the last movie I saw. First of all, turns out a uh, you know Alex keeps talking about it, is like you, know, you watch a lot of dog shit horror movies. That's correct, uh, Alex. <laughs> yeah. But I thought maybe I'll watch one that looks like it might be good. You know, sort of yeah. remind myself why I'm going to watch this. I watched Peninsula, which is the sequel to Train to Busan. Oh, fuck, that did come out, didn't it? Yes, yeah. it did, yeah. yeah. Now, Train to Busan is a movie that I think everyone on this podcast likes, and for good reason. Correct. That's one of the best zombie movies I've ever seen, and one of the better Korean movies that I've seen. It just works so well. Uh, Peninsula is obviously not as good, uh, but there were a lot of things that I liked. Um, I thought that it uses extreme action to illustrate certain points that it wants to make. There's some things that I think a lot of people thought were a little bit over the top, but I think I understood where they were going with it. And they keep up the high level of there is something here going on that matters, but there are some problems visually with this movie. <laughs> Chris, buddy, you often talk on this podcast about movies that rip off Fury Road. <laughs> buddy. <laughs> Fury Road is what you're going with. I was going to say Escape from New York. Oh, no. I like li- th- Those are the most Fury Road-ass chase scenes on PS3 CGI that I have ever seen. I was about to say, they look like PS3 CGI. And 
It's such a letdown. When you like, talk about CGI in movies, especially in horror movies, usually what people think is, oh, you just mean like they applied the makeup to the zombies because Tom Savini doesn't feel like doing it anymore. <laughs> or they created, no, no, no. <laughs> or they created a lot more zombies so that way you could uh, shoot them with a gun and that way you're not shooting a real person. Rest in peace, Brandon Lee, a, fading, a fatal yeeting. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> That's gonna catch on. Yeah. Uh... I, yeah. So here's the thing: they don't use the CGI to do that. They use the CGI. Zombies on, look great. Yeah. yeah. They use the CGI on all of the action scenes to augment the scene in some way, so the cars go a little bit faster and blurrier. And sometimes I can tell those aren't real cars. And one of the ones where it was just sometimes it, it was just way too noticeable is that drifting sequence where the girl drifts that like car around the corner through a bunch of zombies. Chris, buddy, which one? Because there were three. It was the one at the end that was really, really egregious. And I think it was so bad because it's during a chasing where there's another CGI car right behind her. Uh-huh. <laughs> and yeah. they try to be coy about it. They try to play it a little bit cute. I was pretty good at catching it. It's like, that's CGI, that's real, that's CGI, that's real. They try to cut away from it. But towards the end, towards the climax, it's all CGI. So you know that they're not really there. And it doesn't look good at all. Like, we looked this up after we watched it, because I was like, man, if this just had, like, a Hollywood budget, I think this would have been really good, because I think the ideas they had were really solid. Mm -hmm. And when we saw 16 million, I just went, yeah, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love it's, that Japan it, sucks so bad at CGI. Well, it's Korea, it's so... so. Cool. Same thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like, it's clearly just a resource problem, because, like, the ideas are good, and, like, if these were cutscenes in a PlayStation game, I'd be fine with it. But it's a movie where I'm seeing real people doing real things. And then we cut to car chase number seven. And it's just CGI cars sliding through CGI zombies. And it looks like fucking garbage. This might be one of the worst car chase scenes I've seen in a movie. Which is a shame because I love car chase scenes in movies. But this one, you can tell that they're not really doing it. So there's... I don't really have a whole lot of high stakes going on here. And that's the thing about it is that... I don't know. I feel like there's something up with the structure of this movie. Like, we're going from, okay, we're doing the Wages of Fear again, where they have to go into this peninsula and steal the money train and bring it back to uh, the rest of South Korea. And uh, all of a sudden, now there's this toy car with disco lights going around. And then all of a sudden, we have this arena where a bunch of people have to survive a zombie attack. What are we doing? The original train so, to Busan was a lot more focused. Allow me to disagree here on that point specifically, solely because I really appreciated that this is a movie that knows it's a sequel to a zombie movie and therefore understands that you have seen zombie movies before. And, like, we don't need the 10-minute backstory on how Unit 631 became evil. We don't need all that. It's like, oh, there's an evil military unit, and they capture people, and they make them fight. It's all you need. No, I, I, I get it. And, in fact, I will defend that scene, that arena scene, because I think it works. I think it, it illustrates a point that they are trying to make, that the government sort of was playing with their lives, playing with their lives like it was a game, and now they're going to do that with a citizenry. It kind of gives them that power. I thought it was actually a pretty subtle move for an arena where they make human beings survive zombie attacks. I, I'm fine with it. I just don't know if I appreciate the structure. I, it felt a little disjointed to me. I'm not saying I need a 10-minute backstory. I think that would have been a very big mistake. But uh, there's just something about the structure. There, there's like there's, there's something about the opening scene. If you just give me a second here. Uh, there's something, oh, sorry. Sorry, I wasn't. Yeah. yeah, there's something about the opening scene where that army guy uh, doesn't pick up that family. 
then he meets him later on in the peninsula and uh right after that he you know the the kid on the boat right he gets bitten by the zombie and the mother decides to stay with him so that the way they can be together i think there's a little too much distance between that and the very end with the family being together it's like i guess you're trying to have a message but because of the structure it doesn't feel as impactful as it ought to be so I think it's a really effective ending in that in the same way that the ending of the first one is effective and that you get like the thing with like the false ending and the false ending and it, it's like really right. not to be meant it's not meant to be streamed because you're not supposed to see how much of the runtime is left mm-hmm. like it, it kind of takes you out of the movie but I do agree that it's like it feels like a series of semi-connected events that are happening and you don't really understand why anything is happening in the movie it's just like oh this happened and then this other thing happened and now we're over here and then this happened and like all of the scenes are cool, but yeah, the threads stitching them together, you can see them fraying. Yeah. Like, there are, it's one of those movies, it's, it's, this movie's basically two hours, right? Yeah. I'm not remembering yeah, it's that like right. 155. Yeah, and there are, like, characters that, like, are in this movie for, like, one scene that are, like, I mean, that have something to do in, like, one scene that are on screen for, like, 30, 40 minutes of screen time and don't ever do anything. Right. They're just there. It's like, like, you have, like, the old guy character. It's like, well, I haven't seen him do anything for the first hour 20. He's probably going to sacrifice himself to save somebody because you've seen a movie before. Right. Like that. And that's, it's, this felt like a movie in a way that the first one didn't. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's the best way I could think to articulate the thing you're saying. Cause it was frustrating. Cause I enjoyed so many parts of this and like, man, if it were just cleaner and had a bigger budget, like this could have been really good. Yeah. And the thing is, I guess maybe I ought to grade, I ought to grade on a curve because South Korea doesn't have access to the kind of CGI that we do, but I'm not really willing to lower my standards that much. It's yeah. It, it's pretty egregious. It, ta- it kind of takes it out, out of in 2020. The I'd still recommend it to you, Parker, because it's probably going to be better than most other movies that you're going to see. <laughs> Nah. It's still worth watching. It's 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 fine. Like it's a fine I movie. Totally also, forgot it came out. Yeah. Also, we have uh, Chris was your favorite character. Also, the guy with the fucking pompadour and the Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> Why wouldn't he that. be? We'll <laughs> <laughs> be making two hours this week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I I have to admit. So I think I mentioned on here before Battleship Island. I really liked the actress in that movie. I thought she was very good, which is kind of rare you don't see a lot of uh, korean kids who are very good actors they're you're mostly kind of bland the little girl in this movie was pretty good but there was something about her name her name was uh yujin which made me think of the nerdy kid from hey arnold (laughs) (laughs) that was really frustrating when she pulled the fire alarm and all the zombies ran over to them (laughs) it was weird though she like she took a baseball card of uh that one guy and stuck it into like the little spokes of their car and that made him crash I, I, I will say another 30 minute detour. <laughs> I, I will say I was, I was very tickled when, uh, you know, they capture the one guy and they're getting him ready for the, the battle arena against the zombies. Cause they, uh, they, they cut off their shirts and like spray paint sports numbers on them. And they're like, Oh, Oh, give him Chan Ho Park's number. And I was, I was very happy that, oh, there you go. that this, this movie remembered a fucking picture from 20 years ago. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, that's all I got to say on Train to Busan 2, Peninsula. Alex, what did you watch? All right, well, uh, obviously I watched that too. And uh, yeah, Parker, you, you can watch it. It's, you, there are much, much worse ways to spend two hours. But man, like... Yeah, buddy, I can attest to it soon. <laughs> <laughs> all right, what do we got here? 
Um, so <laughs> I watched Demon House and then forgot I watched Demon House for five days. <laughs> oh, buddy. I, 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 I don't have a ton to say about it other than you know exactly the reasons why a movie like this is my shit. Other than the fact that, like, like my girlfriend fucking hated Zach Baggins the entire time because he was wearing sunglasses inside. So when we got the reveal that he's wearing sunglasses because the demon fucked up his vision... I laughed for about 20 minutes straight. <laughs> like, it opens with that text crawl of, like, how fucking scary this place is. And I'm like, 90 <laughs> minutes, huh? Let's up. The, their camera dude just, like, having a nervous breakdown in the <laughs> hotel. Like, oh, my God, the demon followed us here. I love when they do the, like, the retrospective and they're like, check this out. Our camera guy got these tattoos on the spots where the demon touched him. <laughs> it's just so fucking stupid. Like, it was completely gone from my mind until I thought about talking about it with Parker. Because <laughs> it's just that kind of movie. It's, it's perfect for, like, 1% of people in the world. No one else will get past the opening. <laughs> Zach Baggins is so cool. He's my hero. <laughs> just, if you've ever done the thing, and I'm sure you have, where you're just, like, on a streaming site, and you're scrolling through movies... And you pause on one for a second to see if your partner will say yes or no. Like, you don't say anything. You just pause there. And you just wait to hear, like, no, not this one. Or, <laughs> yeah, let's go with that. When I stopped on Demon House and got the, yeah, all right. Like, I was so happy. <laughs> Are you sure? Because there's no take backs. Once I hit yeah. right. <laughs> well, <laughs> we'll get to a take back in a minute. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, so, uh, we also watched a classic from my childhood, Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Hey. So, I... I I, like, distinctly remember, I vividly remember, like, the lead-up to this premiering on Cartoon Network. Hey, and what a me too. big fucking deal it was when I was seven. Because, yeah. like, they ran trailers for this for weeks. And it was, like, I think it was, like, a Saturday night thing. And, like, they're like, yeah, we're going to show the new Scooby-Doo movie we made. And, like, it's pretty good. It's got all the things that I like about Scooby-Doo. The problem is, the one thing that's really glaring in this, you know, day and age of technology and constant distractions... Is that forty percent of Scooby Doo is just them eating, and it is the most egregious filler. I agree; it, it should is, be higher. It is actually offensive to my sensibilities that it's like, oh man, we get chased by this zombie. Let's have another five minute eating sandwiches scene. Like, we get it; they like food. Okay, it's, I don't mean to jump ahead, but you know that scene in Urban Legend where they're at that party and that guy <laughs> quarters that girl it's just like you know that's an actual scream uh, on that they took it from the recording I imagine that's Parker except he's telling the girl oh you know the singer of oh, It's Terror Time Again actually killed himself <laughs> it was really tragic I guess he really did die of fright yeah I guess you're no okay or I'll be over here if you change your mind okay I actually have next in Smash Brothers so uh, give it a few minutes <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that just reminded me I was at work the other night you know at fucking 6 in the morning at the regular people hours that I am at the casino and fucking Don't Worry Be Happy comes on cause like you know it's in this mix of songs that we have and I hear the dealer on the table behind me go Haha, this song's really ironic cause this guy killed himself it's like dude it's 6 in the morning fucking chill out <laughs> it's 6 in the fucking morning man. <laughs> just stop just an untoasted bagel with cream cheese and a glass of orange juice about as big as your finger and this guy's like yeah the guy who wrote the song killed himself <laughs> but yeah no guess you should have worried hey did you hear what I said <laughs> oh the birds are singing 
It's a Scooby-Doo on Zombie Island. Yeah, it's, pre- it's pretty good. And it's exactly what I want it to be. I just wish it was 45 minutes long instead of, you know, 35 minutes of, oh, we're going to go eat the spicy peppers for the third time. Like, I think you yeah, and I watch Scooby-Doo for really different hot. reasons. I think that part owns. <laughs> it's just... I've seen enough movies that I can see something padding its runtime. Right. And so, like, it's just, like, it offends my sensibilities that they don't have two gags. Like, at least do the fucking Garfield and Friends thing where, like, hey, it's the barnyard animals for five minutes. All right, back to your favorite cat. Like, there's ways <laughs> to milk this that aren't just... Yeah, but what if he ate another really big sandwich? I don't know. I guess I'm just a fucking Grinch now. It's been like 60 years of how big can we make the sandwich, though? <laughs> Which is a question I ask myself daily. Me too. Really makes you think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. So I watched a movie that I that I talked about finding the existence of a couple weeks ago called Mean Guns. Now, let me give you the setup for Mean Guns. All right. So they're opening this big industrial prison, like, tomorrow. But uh, before they open it, uh, you see this... Uh, there's this guy, he's this big, cultured big shot in a criminal organization called The Syndicate, who is, of course, played by Ice-T with silver teeth. Um, and he's like, Sorry. yeah, well, before before we open this prison, I'm going to take these 100 people that have betrayed The Syndicate and throw them in there and just watch them murder each other. And the three people that are left at the end get to split $10 million. So that's the, that's the first five minutes of this movie, is finding out that this is the plot. And Ice-T is just going to be looking like that and talking like that this whole movie. But it's, like, kind of weird, because, like, you're watching this first scene, it's, like, this tense confrontation over a chess game with, uh, I guess the guy, this, like, executive from the prison as Ice-T tells him what's what. And there's just, like, this weird samba music playing. It's almost like, if you guys have ever played Tropico, like, imagine the soundtrack of Tropico playing over this scene. (laughs) I'll take your word on that one, I'm not familiar. Now imagine my surprise when that plays throughout the entire two-hour runtime. Oh, no. Chris? No. I know the danger of saying this in your presence, so I apologize in advance. This might be the most annoying movie I've ever watched. Now, I know you're going to hear those words and go, well, it can't be that annoying. I definitely have to watch this now. And for that, I am sorry. But you said annoying, and I, you also brought up the score. So you said, I, I remember it's... you hated the score to, uh, oh, what was the one with all the, like, the bones and stuff like that and the marimba? Oh, ravenous, uh, ravenous, ravenous. Yeah, ravenous. No, I did not hate the score of Ravenous. The score of Ravenous owns. It is extremely I, I am pretty also, sure I have that on an audio file. In fact, I believe it was the uh, Ready Player One he said had the, the worst score of all time or something. It does have the worst score, but it owns. Yeah, well, now, well. it's interesting. It's interesting that you say score, though, because in this movie, it's repeatedly referenced by the characters who just keep talking about Ice-T's taste in music because of the thing that he's playing over the speakers of this prison for the entire two-hour runtime. Get it? It's a joke. They did it to be funny. Oh, it's like annoying on purpose. Anyway, I still don't think it could possibly be worse than The Firm. (sighs) It's not... The thing is, it's not a score. It's literally just some Samba CD that's playing in the background. It is... You guys, I don't turn off movies. I turn this off. Like, <laughs> I couldn't take it. I just, I looked at her. I'm like, I'm sorry. I can't do it. Sounds she's like, like I, I, she's like, she's like, at least this is kind of funny. I'm like, I disagree because of this. But, uh, like, it's, it's clearly trying to be funny. And, like, there are moments and it's like, eh, eh that, gets, that gets a chuckle out of me. But also, like, it's pretty low budget. So there's no blood. And our hero is 
one Christopher Lambert who is talking like Christopher Lambert the whole time, which wears thin real fucking fast. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, don't watch Mean Guns unless you're Chris and have to see how annoying it is. You know how I am. <laughs> I Thank really you for do. Your service, Chris. <laughs> like, like I fucking did, like, like I was like, God, this is so annoying. And then I was like, Should I, should I tell him? Like, I don't want to tell him. I'm gonna feel really bad. <laughs> it's when he real it. bad. He better not watch it. <laughs> um, just a couple more here. I watched a movie solely based on the, the like the premise and the tagline called "The History of Time Travel," which it's like 75 minutes long, and the entire premise is somebody's making a documentary about how time travel was discovered, and like the twist is that like every time somebody goes back in time in the movie like within like the structure of the documentary like something in the plot changes and it's a really cool conceit and like a really neat movie that i'm really glad i watched and also it's very short like i think i had heard about this one so i've i've heard like after i watched it like i I'd, i had never heard of this movie i just saw it i'm like oh that looks interesting the reviews don't seem terrible just gonna hit play and it was it was neat it was really neat and i've heard people compare it to primer a movie i hate and the difference is Primer is a movie that's like clearly made by math nerds for math nerds, so it's not interesting. And this is clearly a movie that's just like more interested in like the ethics of time travel than like the oh, if you put this number here, then this thing's gonna happen. And oh look, my machine poofed off smoke in my garage and now there's two of me and uh, da, 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 da. like I thought this was really clever and really well done. And like considering this is probably made for about five hundred dollars, like pretty effective movie like i was I was pretty happy with it all right i'll watch primer <laughs> i chris i feel like you'd like primer and then we'd fight about I, it i so think I a lot of people primer. have told me i'd like primer <laughs> i like I'm a math primer nerd, is so. like <laughs> primer is a unique movie it's just a unique movie that i hate i mean i wouldn't begrudge somebody for liking primer although i would begrudge somebody if they were like Yo, you guys gotta watch Primer with me at this party, yeah, which yeah. somebody did to me yeah. once, and fuck that guy. Yeah. So, um, Dude, put your beer down, let's watch this movie about math. <laughs> Sick. And then, the last thing I watched this week is a movie that I also had not heard of and discovered when I was really high and googled cool space movies, called Europa Report. Now, oh hell yeah, bitch. I cannot believe that there's a found footage space movie that nobody ever told me about. It kinda owns... It was really dope. And the whole movie, I'm just sitting there telling her, like, they're not going to show us the monster, don't worry. They're definitely not going to show us the monster. This isn't that kind of movie. And then they show you the monster, and I did the soy face in real life. It's real good. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, there's no fucking chance. This movie takes itself way too seriously to show me the fucking tentacle monster under the surface of Europa. And then... (laughs) I was so fucking tickled. so satisfying to be like... I mean, I like uh, I get all this, but like obviously I'm not gonna get the payoff. Oh, look at it! <laughs> <laughs> that was my exact reaction. Yep. <laughs> it's just like it's a little bit too much of a real movie to show you the monster, but then it shows you the monster. It's just. Uh. <laughs> all That's right. kind of why I love found footage. Is like, look, we only need the money for like one good money shot, and then everyone else can just walk around holding a handy cam. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. I don't know how I, I never thought. Again. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. How I never thought to search for space found footage before. It seems like such a layup. Like it's I so obvious. I was confused retrospect. with Apollo 18, which is significantly not as good. Uh, oh, Parker, well. actually, Alex brings up an interesting point about space found footage movies. Are you familiar with any other ones? Because I feel like that's a genre where there's like at least three 
if not well-known movies, but they're like three iterations of Spades Found Footage. Let me see here. Because I know there's Apollo 18, which is not good. Uh, and I've seen the Europa Report. Let me see what we got here. Cool. Those are literally the two results that come up. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Like the two cool. found footage Bigfoot movies. Yeah. Oh, God. That's... <laughs> We don't. We don't have to go down Seven that years. Uh, she stopped. She stopped me as we scrolled quickly past Willow Creek and was like, "I bet you'd like that movie." I'd be like, "Yeah, I bet you'd be wrong." <laughs> yeah, you'd think I would, wouldn't you? And yet. <laughs> All right. I don't need to talk about watching Halloween again. Halloween still owns. So, Correct. I have to admit, uh, like I, I saw that you watched it, and I, I have to admit, I peeked at your letterbox. Uh, I have to admit, what else is there to say about Halloween? We've already said it all. It's I, I like the one thing that I want to say about Halloween that you know doesn't need to be said, but like the fucking scene where in the they're in the car and don't fear the Reapers playing is just like such a perfect John Carpenter scene. Yeah. Like it's it's like so divorced from the rest of the movie, and that's totally fine because it's just like a scene that's like oh cool, I know everything there is to know about these characters from this thirty second scene while B- Blue Wister Cult plays on a car radio from the seventies. Oh like, my god, I just you you remind me of something. Turns out John Carpenter was a huge fan of the original Black Christmas. He was he was considering remaking it. He had contacted Bob Clark, and Bob Clark was like, "Excuse me, I'll get a real director." And then he made up the 2006 version. That sounds like (laughs) the closest thing to a slasher that existed. Am I wrong? Like what else would it be? I mean, but yeah, but everyone says it. But like, come on, (laughs) come on. Uh, Psycho definitely more of a thriller. I guess I walked into that one, didn't I? (laughs) (laughs) I guess I deserve that. Yeah. Let's see. I will be brief on a couple of these, and I want to go into excruciating detail on some of them. <laughs> so, the Christopher Nolan watch continued. Watched The Prestige for the first time since, like, 2006. Oh, hell yeah. That's a really fucking good movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I really like that one. Like, knowing me, and it's like, alright, uh, what's this? Oh, it's a movie about magicians. Cool. It's two and a half hours. That's an immediate, like, I just stand up out of my chair like, cool, I'm gonna go take a drive. <laughs> I fucking love that. I don't want to be the contrarian dude, but like that might be easily top three. Oh yeah, it's 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 second for me. So I yeah, it's some with you. Movie. They are so perfectly cast because like you watch it with the context now, like Art Christian Bale's guy is just like the super serious dude, only in it for the art, doesn't care about the showmanship. And you're like, yeah, he had a fucking nervous breakdown on the set of Terminator Four and almost murdered someone. Like yeah, that checks. I out. like all the people who realize yeah. that that's Christian Bale's real voice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then you've got Hugh Jackman is like, oh, he's more like the showman. It's like, oh, the guy who just does like musicals now that he has all the Wolverine money in the world. Like, yeah, it's it's retroactively perfect, even though it was good at the time too. Mm-hmm. And you know what's really cool I about think... it? David Bowie in a subtle performance. It's understated. <laughs> Didn't think he was capable. I remember of that. he was in it when fucking Andy Circus just shows up. Hello, hello, you see me, cat? I'm like, oh fuck, what are we doing? <laughs> I love movies about obsession. They are so good. Of people just like throwing their entire lives away like, no, we don't understand. Like, I don't know how he did that trick and I'm going to murder him. What a good ass movie. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's real, real good. Yeah. Turns out Christopher Nolan's pretty good at this. Yeah, weird, right? Only I'd been saying that. Who knew? Well my big shout out to Tom Cruise Tom Cruise tweeting about seeing Tenet in the theater. What a king. Let's see. Uh, let's get that. That oh. Alex, let yes. me swivel over to you. Have you seen a horror film from the '80s called Trick or Treat? 
I have not. Do tell. Oh, buddy. So it's different from trick archery. <laughs> oh, buddy. So this is right in the 80s, and we're just going super nuts deep into, like, 80s heavy metal. Of this fucking outcast loser kid at this preppy high school everyone hates. And he loves hometown hero Sammy Kerr. Just metal god. Oh my god, he's the fucking best. He's a legend. He fucking testified before Congress about, like, heavy metal and it being indecent and all that. He dies. He just burns the fuck up in a hotel. And this poor kid is heartbroken. So he goes up to a, no, his radio station to meet with his best friend, a local DJ named DJ Nuke. Also known as Gene Simmons in the cowboy hat. Oh, fuck me. <laughs> so the build-up is Gene Simmons like, Hey, kid, that sucks that your hero just fucking burned to death for some reason. Here's his last album. You have to play it backwards at midnight. Spoiler. <laughs> like, that's oh. all I'm going to tell you? You're going Bugs? to end up watching it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> just enjoy the movie from there. <laughs> this might as well be a future episode. It might be. And now... I shall swivel the chair back to Chris Uh-oh. for what I really want to talk about. I watched all three seasons of Avatar, my good friend. Really? Buddy. It's a pretty good show, huh? Wait a second. I... Did, I hold up. I assigned sure this did. to you like a year or two ago. <laughs> Anytime we'd get started, like, I'd go to work one day and come back. My girlfriend would be like, oh yeah, I finished it again. <laughs> Motherfucker! Because <laughs> she also just grew up watching that constantly on Nickelodeon. So she's like, oh yeah, I've seen it all, so I'll just let it run. I'm like, I don't... I haven't. I can't just pick up halfway through it. What a good fucking yeah. show, right? Literally on Sunday we were on like episode 6 of the last season and they just watched it all the way through. That's that's one of the ones where it's a lot more easily but oh my god, okay, sorry, I have to do this. The third season is one of my favorite jokes I've ever seen in uh, in any show. It's that happy birthday joke. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny to me. That's like a joke you'd find on Frisky Dingo. Um... <laughs> It turns out oh, there's a reason that literally every fucking nerd I talk to is like, this show's really good, you should probably watch it. Because, like, most shows, it starts out slow, but, like, every good show, like, takes a while to find its footing. It's fine. Yeah, the first season is pretty actual, slow. What? Once it gets going, man, it is so much fun. It's, like, actual character arcs that are, like, long-lasting and progress through the entire series. It's very nice to see that in a show. It's like, oh, no, this has... A beginning, middle, and end, and these characters all have defined arcs that go throughout all three seasons. Instead of just like, well, it's season six, we kind of forgot what to do with this person. Also, Charlie's like basically retarded now. It's fine. <laughs> I, <laughs> I do like how they had one episode that was just the Footloose episode. Oh, that was so I appreciated like, all right, the show's almost over. We need to make sure everyone's up to date. Okay, so they go to this little theater. These people just reenact <laughs> that, the whole series. That was a really, really good episode, too. I mean, it was quality, like like I said, like a bumpy start. Not bad by any means, but like, okay, like this is... It's really... This is a, it's kid. a little this too... This is a kid show. Yeah, exactly. Fine. It's a little too kitty. And by the end, they're, they have a sex scene and everything, man. Gross. Yeah. I remember the first, time I, the first time I watched it with my ex-girlfriend, she was just like, can they show that? <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that I finally took the time and just steamrolled through it. I'm, I'm really happy what that I'm you What I'm not happy it. about, Christopher, you... is the 90 minutes that followed. Yes! Because guess what's on Netflix, yes! my dude? Oh my god, you watched Legend of Court. No, I'm kidding. You watched the live-action one. Let us 
take a brief aside for about oh, 15 boy. minutes. Oh my god. <laughs> Alex, have you seen the live action a- Avatar last year better? Why would I see that? It seems like something you'd want. It is fascinating because like, <laughs> yeah, it's no true. fan of the show is going to like it. But also, no outsider would enjoy it. Because they took 20 episodes and went, yeah, 90 minutes is probably enough for that. Every so, single character's name is pronounced wrong. I think it's on purpose. It got to the point where they go, oh, you're the Avatar. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, you can't just get the name of the thing wrong. It's the whole fucking thing. Oh, we have to go find the Dragon Balls. Cut! Fuck you! What are you doing? <laughs> it's kind of... It is. There is kind of a weird thing where all the villains, they make all the Fire Nation uh, villains Indians. I, I ordinarily would say, well, that's kind of racist, but an Indian dude directed it, so... Uh, it's mostly racist because all of the good characters were white kids. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so they had they a very are... clearly Inuit design and it made them all white. <laughs> it's... It is literally white versus brown. <laughs> Go. Cool action. So, like, the one scene that really illustrates just how bad it is, is you get to, like, the camp where all the earthbenders are being held prisoner, right? And... Hey, that's a thing you can cut, by the way, if you're trying to trim down 20 episodes. So, you get, like, five, six people or something, they're all stomping their feet and they go, huh, or whatever, and it sends, like, one rock going towards them you see in the in the show the reason that it's anime is you can do all these fanciful incredible things also it's kind of a cheap shot but the acting is just awful it is horrendous everyone is so fucking joyless and serious can we just talk about Sokka for for instance Sokka's one of the best characters in the show that dude's hilarious and in this he is joyless so I did a lot of digging because like there has to be lore on this. So, do you remember the opening scene where it's like looks like it's actually filmed, like in a real location? Yeah. Well, uh, they filmed that in uh, Greenland, I think, and then uh, the producers realized, wait a second, this whole thing is about like moving the elements. You can't really do that in frame without special effects. So we have to put a lot more money towards uh, CGI than we thought. So every other location is just in Philadelphia. <laughs> From what I've read, like, M. Night Shyamalan was, like, super passionate. Like, his daughter turned on him. He's like, oh, this is great. It's got all this, like, Eastern mysticism. You've got, like, a guaranteed franchise here because it has a clear story. They were going to film it, like, as a trilogy like Lord of the Rings. And then over time, just got beat down so much. It's like, yeah, fuck it. Let's turn it in on time. It's fine. Like, fucking whatever. I think M. Night Shyamalan so- got passionate. is like, the biggest doom for a movie. <laughs> i would imagine by like month two of like oh yeah you can't use any of those locations because the fucking fire nation like their giant temple is like a high school gym in philadelphia (laughs) i feel like at that point i'd be like yep show up say the lines and let's fucking go home i think i might have the first ever uh instance of a rich evans laugh which i did in theaters at the end um at the very end of the movie they show uh, uh what's what's the girl's name uh zuko's sister uh and his the fire lord Katara. tells her hey, Wait, no, you have to no. oh yeah you have to hunt down i know what you mean sorry what uh, sorry i got the name wrong i know what you mean now because i can see the look on her yeah face. he tells zuko's sister oh you have to go hunt down your brother and she makes the stupidest face in the world <laughs> i think she's trying to suppress a laugh cut to black you just hear me in the background seal come go 
Because it's cut to black, and then it says, written, produced, and directed by M. Night Shyamalan. (laughs) Like, it's supposed to be this fucking mic drop. It's like, holy shit, Oh, they're bringing back this little 12-year-old girl who's going to hunt them down. It's so intimidating. (laughs) That was like, my brother made me see it, because my brother liked the show a lot more than I did at the time. And my brother kind of had a thing about, if he paid money for a ticket... He was not going to admit that the movie was bad. He was, I, there, there's no way I made a bad purchase. He walked out, hands shoved in his pockets, just furious. Wouldn't say a word <laughs> till we got in the car. We just go home. Like the one thing they changed. They cram everything in. That fucking woman who gets who dies after like three episodes, she has like, what, two speaking lines? Couldn't cut her out of the movie. She's got to be pivotal part of this. <laughs> they jam all of this shit in that like literally... like. There's a reason it's 20 episodes, because it's about kids and, like, slice of life adventures with his overarching story. No, cram it in there. we got to make a franchise. And then to get to the end and not even give me a goddamn giant water monster. Are you serious? Oh, yeah, they couldn't do that. That was when I flipped from, like, oh, this is just a shitty kids movie. Like, there's plenty of shitty kids movies to, like, how dare you? The one change you make is to take away the best part of season one. I think the big... Out of spite, it felt like. So the biggest failure of the movie, to me, is that... The real strength of Avatar Last Airbender is the characters. Those characters feel real. They, you almost wish that they were real because they, they seem like they are such interesting people to populate the world with. You love those characters. And in the movie, they just remove any sort of characterization. You never hear a character say, I think this, or I feel this, or I want this, or I wish for this, or, or anything like that. It's, it's just awful. It, it, none of the characters... <laughs> have any sort of feelings or emotions or I don't even know why they go from point A to point B. There's one scene that really gets me. So they rescue uh, the two little Eskimo kids. They rescue Aang from, I guess, the uh, his little... I'm sorry, it's pronounced Ong yeah, now. They, they rescue Ong. <laughs> and, uh, How do you get the main character's name wrong? So several months pass as they transport him to the air temple and they ask him, what's your name? It's so cool. <laughs> Like, they meet him, and he's like, after this alone, like, no, we'll follow you anywhere. It's like, what? You literally just met him 45 seconds ago, and you're swearing your fealty to him. <laughs> so this is the thing you know, about like, it. It's like, people talk about M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, he, he really went off the rails after The Sixth Sense. He made all those really bad movies. And everyone kept saying that The Happening is the worst. And for the longest time, I was like, no, it's it's got to be Lady in the Water. That was awful. After seeing this, I think it has to be uh, The Last Airbender. It really has to be his worst uh, movie. It's still late in the water for me, because since they try and jam so much in it, that 90 minutes flies the fuck by, dude. Because you literally don't have time to rest. You look down, you're like, oh, I guess we're at the end. Sick. Like, it Thank is... Lady in the Water felt like it took six days to finish. That movie almost killed Lady me. Lady in the Water is almost as hateable, because the thing is, like, I, I guess I'm going to be a little bit biased against the movie, because I love the show so much, but Lady in the Water is so arrogant. <laughs> <laughs> balls how dare you this just because at the end of the day it's like this sucks but like how many kids properties have been adapted into shitty movies that we're supposed to take off like i'm not going to get passionate about the fucking aragon or percy jackson movies like not yet yeah they tried to cash in and oh don't do that to me (laughs) but like you know what movie's good and you're like huh we cut to a new location and now she's just doing a voiceover explaining what happened again seems like something you probably should have shown us in a different medium and then they did it again. Yeah. And then again, there's just montages, and she's like, "Yeah, so we trained for a bit, and then we went to the water temple." Like, yeah, she just okay. says that it happened. You don't show any of it. 
just like there's a scene like he's talking to like the elders are gonna train him and it's like slowly zooming out she's like yeah so he proved his worth and then they started teaching him water bending <laughs> next scene <laughs> all right sounds Seems really good important. maybe i should watch this <laughs> yeah maybe you know what's really sad what's is like if I hadn't seen this and Parker was describing it all to me, I'd be like, "Shit, I'm watching this." <laughs> you absolutely uh, would. Yep. How was the bad guy, the guy from the Daily Show? How is he a worse <laughs> actor than all these kids? And no, it's not John Stewart. But John Stewart would have been better. No, so it's Stephen Colbert. Yes. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh yes, Ed Helms, leader of the Fire Nation. <laughs> oh my God! What a fucking movie i can't believe you watched that it's it was sitting there on netflix you gotta look if i told you i watch avatar i'm you're going you told me from the beginning like as soon as you watch it i'm assigning this that's to right i'm surprised you remember that i it's just Took a little that surprising. out of the chamber it's just surprising for me to encounter someone who would go out of his way to watch a really stupid movie <laughs> hey yeah. how many black christmas did you watch this week chris <laughs> that one on the uh, one final thing so uh talking about the casting how it's all just dead-eyed white kids they hired the person who played <clears throat> ong <laughs> solely because he was just a kid who shaved his head and like filmed himself doing karate stuff and they thought he'd look cool <laughs> he was born in dallas near me and when he was 10 he was enrolled at ata martial arts in Carrollton, and he received his first degree black belt and sent off videos Guess what, motherfucker? I also was enrolled at ATA, and I was a third degree, and I will stomp this fucking kid into a living death. <laughs> this is an open challenge. Airbend your way out of this fucking casket, kid. Well, you know what they say, guys. Only a ninja can kill a ninja. That's exactly. That's also true. I'll see you at Devil's Rock, coward. I mean, if that kid gets within 21 feet of you, it's on site. He is a dead man. <laughs> I have studied the blade. I love the idea that this kid grew up next door to you and the 21-foot rule guy and the couple who went to Mi Casita. <laughs> he showed early promise and soon began competing in tournaments. Bitch, I am... My body is like dust. I have trophies from tournaments. Let's fucking do this. Let's throw down right now. <laughs> I will take you on and trial cool by combat. happens in Parker's neighborhood. Why the hell did it's I have to grow up so in Bullsville? Cool. I've got... Airbenders. I've got twenty-one foot rule guy. I've got some old lady sex. Well, I mean, I mean, she's on her feet. <laughs> Chris, at least you have you know that one thing. I'm the uh, cultural uh, epic. Oh, well, uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they showed up on Monday Night Raw. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. All right, let's get into the greatest movie I've ever seen. Okay. <laughs> so you watch Tokyo Drift again? I mean, thought of. I'm always I, living Tokyo Drift I mean, in my mind. That's actually what I wanted to bring up with um, Train to Busan 2, is you look at all the drifting scenes in, in Tokyo Drift, and they look great. Then you see the drifting scenes in Train to Busan 2. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it turns out triple the budget helps. <laughs> that, that may happen. Let's talk about <laughs> Urban Legend. Like, Train to Busan's like their biggest export of the last 20 years. Maybe just give them 20 million. I don't know. <laughs> There's a thought. I, Give them I, I don't think another four million would have helped it. It needed a lot of help. This shit looks like Venom. Yeah. Hey, oh, doesn't look that good. good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Urban Legend begins with uh, a girl with a pixie cut. Maybe she's a manic pixie dream girl from all those online Urban Legends I've heard about. She's driving a car <laughs> while singing in the rain, which is, I guess, an Urban Legend about how if you do that, then you die. 
Um, and she's listening to the greatest radio station I've ever heard. Where uh, <laughs> some girl, I guess, uh, is that Loveline? I guess this is the reference that they're going for here. And she gives advice to uh, couples of a sexual nature. One of which is, hey, I've been replacing my roommate's birth control bills with baby aspirin. Uh, I guess just to mess with her. Now she's pregnant. What do I do? <laughs> Oops. <laughs> she probably gives her a, wow, that's fucked up. Anyway, next caller. Thanks we're for talking the call. about the linebackers today <laughs> in Dallas. <laughs> but also, like, what else do you do if you're the radio host there? Imagine getting that call. <laughs> Damn, fucked up if true. <laughs> I don't know what Damn, to do. hope I'm not your roommate, LOL. Yeah. Next caller. <laughs> anyway, uh, the girl driving the car runs out of gas and goes to fill up her car. The first thing she does when he gets there, she uh, she honks on the horn. So I I guess she's in New Jersey because everywhere else pumps their own gas. Yeah. Um, anyway, one of us pops up and starts stuttering because he's never talked to a girl before. <laughs> <laughs> Would you like to? Sorry, it's raining so much. Empty pocket. <laughs> Do you like m- movies? <laughs> yeah, you want to hear my story about Pigeon Man? Do, do, do you want to hear my y- y- Yoda impression? <laughs> anyway, so you see, you see, it's funny because like you wouldn't think that Yoda would smoke weed, but <laughs> so the... <laughs> so anyway, he—I don't know how he kind of accomplishes this, but he sort of invites her out of the car into his back room, to which he locks the door. And this is kind of a thing that the movie tries to do. It does a little fake out here. She thinks, oh, he's going to attack me. So she hits him and escapes. And as she runs away, or drives away, he yells, there's someone in the back seat. So the first urban legend kill we have in this movie is the hash singing, the hashling, the flashling, <laughs> the hash slinging slasher is in the back seat. Got and him. he kills her with a sharp object. This whole thing is so preventable. You can't be Brad Dourif and lock a woman in a room with you. Like, you know exactly what this comes off exactly. as. He just respects women so much that he had to lock her in his fucking gas station. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> Maybe just lead with, hey, something fucked up going on. Not just, credit card and just locks the door on her. <laughs> what a king. Yeah, well, don't worry. He gets fucking electrocuted by the state later. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Anyway, cut to Hawthorne College. I mean, uh, a different college of no particular name. We got that radio host of... She just I don't remember the, the call sign of the radio, but she's just wandering around the studio, just not even speaking into any of the mics. Her mic's kind of get worse than mine. Or it's just getting jokerized in that whole studio. <laughs> she gets jokerized later on, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. She Hell does. yeah. Who's got a lot of her be like, oh yeah, she goes to college here. Where she, oh, she just has a nightly radio show where she just talks to teenagers about their weird boners and birth. Control. Also, she a lot of the advice that she gives is wrong. She says you're not supposed to swallow jizz, dude. Trust me on this one. It's totally okay. <laughs> it's. I will Look, take your word for it's... it because I will never give or receive. <laughs> Look, you can't say things on the radio if they're not true. There's one thing that I've learned it's, in life. It's called a chaser. Come on. Anyway, her friends are listening to this in the... Uh, in, 
I don't know where they are. Is it a, a library, a bar, or something? It's Hogmead. And, uh, yeah, it's fuck yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah. And they just, uh, they listen like, wow, where does she come up with this stuff? That Howard Stern, man. Anyway, uh, so they, I guess this is where they start telling stories about urban legends or something like that. And in comes our good friend Jared Leto, who, <laughs> holy shit, man. Do you think if you ask him about this movie, he just leaves the interview? Do you think he even responds in I, a written language? I'm pretty sure he just like floats through the ceiling. He just levitates <laughs> away. I guess this is him at his Fetch most my normal. cloak. This is him before he realized he was a star, I guess. But this is pre-Oscar days, I think. <laughs> before he got the CIA money. No, yeah, that too. Yeah, he got the CIA money. <laughs> I'm going to be thinking about that fucking thing till the day I right, die. Right, those are going to be your last memories. So anyway, he's staring <laughs> at uh, our two principal female leads, and one of them wants to fuck him so hard, man. Ugh, it was weird. And the other one is me. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it's really funny how like, he, he talks about how one of his columns won him the student Pulitzer. What the fuck is that? <laughs> you just make shit up. That's like the fucking <laughs> the Emma Lazarus statue that Phoebe wins in AR. God damn it! <laughs> I'll cross that one off, I guess. <laughs> I think anyone else would go for that one. <laughs> no fucking way! <laughs> the student Pulitzer. I'm so happy. I'm so proud of my son. <laughs> like Alex isn't sure, going to make that reference. sitting there as the statue talks to him at night. <laughs> Okay, so he's not our only lead in this movie. We also have Joshua Jackson. (laughs) Boy, do we. I did, okay, so on the previous episode, which I haven't uploaded yet, uh, I was asked, has Joshua Jackson really done anything else? Dawson's Creek. I'm sorry, I don't watch girl shows. So he's in this one with platinum blonde hair. And you see the first time, I was like, wow. (laughs) No wonder they recommended this movie. This kid's going to be a star. (laughs) He's got the it factor. He's got the look. Oh, man. He's got the skull tattoo. Oh, what? Hey. So anyway, uh, we we come from introducing this really fun and wacky guy to our, the world's favorite roommate. Our, our, our intrepid hero walks into her own room, turns on the light, and sees a guy doing a girl doggy style while Spook Show Baby by, uh, by Rob Zombie plays. Look, guys, speaking as the only one on this podcast who's ever dragged the pineapple through a couple minefields, there's nothing better than having sex while Hellbilly Deluxe spins. <laughs> Correct. I think my worst nightmare is like someone walking to me just getting plowed from behind to rob something. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a fucking nightmare. Why wouldn't you just lock the door? Which is even hey, funny uh... because she says, hey, uh, turn off the light. But you can go ahead and come in and like, you know, do stuff or whatever. It's okay. <laughs> Make yourself comfortable. Hey, Parker. I left an hey, eggs Benedict out for you. <laughs> Parker, buddy. You want to be in a bad mood? Uh-oh. Absolutely. <laughs> the goth roommate's the little girl from Halloween 4. Sick. Thank you for this knowledge I can't shake off. Glad that she's still getting work in 1998. We will get to her later. Uh, oh, buddy. Now, buddy we now we cut to... I can't just call him our favorite character, because everyone's our favorite character in this movie, but it's our favorite character. We cut to Robert England as the... Oh, my God. See. Oh, I actually did write it down. Robert England as the professor of urban legends. <laughs> I will think about this scene 
for the rest of my life. I know that because I saw this movie like 10 years ago and I've never stopped thinking about this. Now, it's an alright performance. <laughs> ah, sure, fine. But when he, when you're the professor of urban legends and you... These I, people are paying like $100,000 a year to take a class on <laughs> urban legends taught by Robert Inga. As if I wouldn't Look. be first in line. You could make that a 6 a.m. class, I'd be there. <laughs> if this were available, I would be in it right now. I'd major in this. But, like, what is this curriculum for? <laughs> I say that went through every urban legend in five minutes. You have a whole semester to build. In. I think my favorite part about this is the idea that he comes up there and says, Hello, my name is Professor Robert England. I am the Professor Emeritus of Urban Legends here at Hawthorne College. <laughs> Who would like to come up to the podium for a little experiment? <laughs> Hands going up immediately. <laughs> the, this is how I always dreamed of dying. And you got the camera that shows the rest of his classroom. That classroom sits 350 people. He's in the auditorium, like the fucking Phantom of the Opera. Right? It's so powerful. <laughs> Can you imagine 350 people signing up to take his course at a 6 a.m.? Just, oh man, this is the best part of my day. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I hope that mental thing isn't on the final. Psychology 101 got shipped to, like, the janitor's closet. <laughs> you gotta make room for the professor of urban legends. I like how there's, like, bleacher seating for 320 kids and, like, well, here's the front row for our named characters. They have their own special section up front so they can really, really get an earful. So they do the urban legends, like, oh, if you eat Pop Rocks and drink Pepsi, or Cola, but Pepsi was sponsoring it, uh, then your stomach will explode. Who would like to try it? And I guess our lead, or is it Tara Reed? I guess. No, someone, this is the blonde, uh, decides, I'm not going to uh, do it because what if my stomach explodes and I get fat? Uh, Joshua Jackson, with all his platinum blonde hair, rushes up there and does a sick little prank where he eats the Pop Rocks and drinks the Pepsi and then pukes all over himself to impress the ladies. I mean, whomst among us? It almost worked. I would be so so fucking pissed in this class. You're making a mockery of this whole thing. <laughs> I paid good money to be here. I haven't slept a wink. It, I had to get up at 5.30 just to make it to the classroom. Anyway, Y'all just gonna fucking talk about Mikey from the Life Serial commercials. How dare you? <laughs> it's great because you know that as soon as the bell rings, Parker's head would show up, excuse me, teacher, you didn't collect the homework. <laughs> the only class you do it for. <laughs> Do you have any uh, tutoring available? Can I just sit on your next class? Can I just <laughs> what are your here? office hours? Okay, so <laughs> the uh, we cut to our next scene where uh, our intrepid school reporter, Jared Leto, is writing about, I guess, the girl who got killed by um, the guy in the backseat of her car. And he's talking to the president of the university and the only police officer in the school. Um, and they're really mad at each other. <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> The sassy black police officer is the only character to come back in the sequel, just so you know. <laughs> Thank you for watching Enjoy the sequel. that knowledge. <laughs> you have to bring her back. It's, she really tied the whole movie together. So, uh, anyway, they, as a really sick own, they take his newspaper and they throw it in the trash. And I think my favorite part about this is, who's going to know? No one reads the school newspaper. No one has ever read a school newspaper before. That's ridiculous. You, you just write for them to boost your resume. I love this character because, like, this is early Jared Leto before, like, anyone hated him, really. And, like, he's essentially, like, the male lead of the movie and one of the protagonists. 
And he's such an annoying little shit ass crybaby. <laughs> he's he's the real skater so of the movie. Much. <laughs> yes. We gotta stop that. We're getting pretty close to it. Hello, reference. Anyway. Hello. Oh, there it is. <laughs> well, who said it that? It must have been the Joker. <laughs> who the fuck said that? <laughs> oh my god, we got Monty Python a fudge. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we walk in on our on the world's favorite roommate again. This time she's getting fucked to stabbing westward. Which, man, <laughs> you want to talk about a living nightmare? <laughs> yeah. I think if I was the guy, I'd, I I would just hide under the bed. I don't think I could keep an erection <laughs> if stabbing westward was blaring at full volume. What's on that mix CD? We're going to find it's, out. It's going to be in my car soon. Man. Oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't know. There were more Power Man 5000 songs. It's fucking sick. <laughs> Many quite bitter beings were there. <laughs> That's got a good beat for sexual intercourse. Who's gonna do it? Not stabbing. <laughs> anyway, That's such a fucking deal breaker. I'm sorry. Anyway. I know beggars can't be choosers, but Jesus right. Christ, <laughs> I will take I my standards. dick elsewhere. Anyway, we go to. I will ex- finish this off in five minutes and be on my way. Excuse me, man. <laughs> We got to an extended scene of platinum blonde Joshua Jackson trying to make out with the girl in the car and repeatedly striking out while she punches him in the fucking face and he still doesn't understand that she said no. Yeah, the 90s were a different time. As it I guess out. maybe... Th- and also the 2000s. I guess this is what Sophia Takal watched and that's why she made Black Christmas. <laughs> ah, that explains yeah, it. Yeah, there we go. So, Parker, I got a question for you, which you probably know the uh-huh. answer to. Uh-huh. Why is the killer wearing a parka in the middle of the summer? Yeah, you'd like to know that, wouldn't you? It's uh, it's from that urban legend where the parka guy murders people at exactly. college. So I did look this one up. This was in the trivia section. Apparently this was originally uh, supposed to be set during the winter. But they decided, no, it'd be, <laughs> it'd be better if we set it during August. So they changed everything except for the killer's disguise. <laughs> It would look so cool in the middle of winter, though. Why would you change it to August? This this becomes a thing later on where a person in a parka walks into a swimming pool. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) The worst fake-out in movie history. That's one of them. It's up there. There's a lot of fake-outs in this movie. So, we have to talk about the policewoman playing pretend gun in the police station with that blaxploitation (laughs) movie. I feel safer already. Oh, if you like that bit, wait till you see the sequel. Oh, boy. <laughs> they say defund the police. They don't know what they do for us. <laughs> She's defunding the police, folks. We're just having Got a good time out here watching jokes coffee. as we uh, watch movies. So, urban legend kill number two is a legend of there's some guy hanging from a tree and, like, his feet are scratching the roof of your car. And it was a guy that you were making out with before, but he's actually dead. He's up there. You know, that urban is legend. That- yeah, like, <laughs> sure. I think this is what. But the, also, a case. Sorry. I think this is what the Parker mentioned the first time he watched this. Like, at some point, they just kind of quit on the whole urban legend thing. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They run well, out. I read half a Snopes house. article. I got this. Don't worry about it. You think that any other movie is like, okay, we're calling it Urban Legend. It's going to be a slasher, and it's all based around urban legends. The first thing you do in the writer's room, or maybe just the writer room, is you open up the big old 
they even have it in the movie, the textbook of urban legends. You go, okay, use that, use that, use that. What are you crocodiles in the sewer? What's up with that? Use that, use that, use that. And you just write it down. Instead, they just made stuff up for this one. Hey, let me tell you about the sequel, which is just about a film school. <laughs> oh, good. All right. It's in you know all those urban legends about kids in a film school competing for an award? Yeah, yeah me fucking neither. Okay. Cool. So... Sounds like Grave Encounters 2. All right. So we get to... This might actually be my favorite scene of the movie. Uh, we cut back to our favorite roommate. And she's on... <laughs> it, you already know. <laughs> she's on our favorite website, Goth for Goth. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's actually how we started this podcast. Yeah, that's how we met each other. It was uh, vampirefreaks.com. We moved over to Goth for Goth. And uh, now we're recording. <laughs> so uh, she's instant messaging some guy this before dming was the thing it used to be called i am in kids read a book um and she's like looking for other goths on campus <laughs> she's just the goth hoe on campus <laughs> do you have condom no i must <laughs> go shopping, shopping. <laughs> the guy he, he she asked him what are you into he says lithium <laughs> hell yeah dude what a king <laughs> you know what shoot your shot yeah King. exactly and she's it works she's so sick. <laughs> so. and she asks where are you and he says close and, and she's just like oh, okay I'm gonna get ready please just tell me where you are I think she just leaves and comes back and he's like I'm in your room and he kills her which is a shame because that was like my favorite <laughs> website my favorite character <laughs> I wanted more goth for goth so bad okay so this buddy just just top on twitter <laughs> oh yeah okay so the original big titty goth oh, gf he loved to see it right well anyway. so this goes to urban legend number three the, the story of you come into your room and you think your goth roommate is banging some dude so you don't turn on the light and then you wake up and she was actually murdered that urban legend that we all know and love yeah, of course. Well, I remember reading out Snopes, and it scared me as a child, so I connected with this scene. Oh, never mind. I guess we found the one guy. There's, a, there's scenes. <laughs> I didn't recognize him. Yeah, there's, there's one. But wait, here's the thing, though. How come How come she didn't know? Like, she should have known that her roommate was being murdered because there wasn't any music playing. There was no Adam Ant. <laughs> exactly. There was no Crocus. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> <laughs> no. Sorry. I don't hear personal Jesus playing. Is everything okay over there? Are you having an asthma attack? No. Personal Jesus. And this is uh yeah. this is about the point in the movie where I realized that maybe all of my urban legend dreams for this movie won't be fulfilled. Maybe we're not gonna get the haunted N sixty four cart and the knockout game. <laughs> and <laughs> Why haven't they made a movie about the knockout game yet? <laughs> With oh. Dean Cain. It's fucking... Like, there has to be one, right? I don't think so. It's gonna be in the Purge movie. There we go. That's the, per that's the oh, original knockout. Purge movie. Imagine that trailer, just like this white couple's like, Oh no, it's this way, I promise. I don't know, it doesn't look like... And just turning a corner. And then the husband getting lit the fuck up. <laughs> and she's just there weeping over his body as someone films it and yells world star because people still think people do that. <laughs> Alright, so it turns out that there is not a knockout game movie, but there are several knockout game shorts. Oh, man, which... It's not on the list. <sighs> anyway, uh, so we can... This is a good, a good scene for us. Uh, Jared Leto admits, while I guess they're looking around for clues, 
that uh, he dropped journalism ethics early this semester because it wasn't helping my GPA. Look, pal, Gamergate is a little more important than your grades, son. <laughs> I knew like it was coming. Who gets so mad about feminist frequency. <laughs> he is so cool. You see, she made this game called Depression Quest, and it got a bunch of really good reviews, despite the fact that it's not a game. <laughs> Oh my, it's Christmas holiday. Please do not send me any articles about cancel culture. I want to see my family. No one cares. A series of ritualistic murders just because they played Gone Home. <laughs> Alright, so I think they're hunting and pecking around Robert England's office. Professor Robert England's office. Uh, Parker, did you notice the uh, the Freddy Krueger puppet that he has in there? Did you know that Robert England was in the Nightmare on Elm Street movies? It's a little bit of trivia I looked up. What?! Oh, man, that's, you know, that's a little wink and a nod to the fans out there. You know, kids yeah. love that. So, anyway... Kids the, love being pandered to, and they're shitty. The president me. and the cops say, how dare... The, like, the one cop on campus say, how dare you accuse Professor Robert England of killing kids? Why would he ever do something like that? <laughs> it's, it's funny that we keep bringing up the one cop, because this reminded me a lot of another movie that has exactly one cop, which is, of course, LL Cool J and Halloween H2O. <laughs> That's a good one. That's hey. right around that same time period. Yeah. Point, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a powerful the time for film. <laughs> anyway, uh, we go to the pool scene. A girl is swimming in the pool. And this leads to Urban Legend number four, where you get your gut sucked out through a butthole by the train in the pool. Wait, that's a different movie. Never mind. Okay, so uh, some person comes in wearing a parka into the, uh, into the pool, which is already a ridiculous scene. And then the girl who's watching, I guess up top in the control booth of the pool I, she's trying to fucking stop the wedding from happening at the end of the movie I guess, what is and this? she hits the glass with her chair they just kind of look at her like huh what a crazy bitch and uh <laughs> then they just have a normal conversation <laughs> so that was crazy yeah so you know i've been having a lot of weird nightmares lately <laughs> oh my god totally yeah, yeah another you know <laughs> another fake out so then we go to Urban Legend number five, where uh, the professor of the school uh, walks out to his car. There's some guy hunting, hiding underneath your car with a knife, and he cuts your ankle, and then he runs you over with your car. Um, Dude, that <laughs> he, <gets the> most <laughs> brutal he really does, because it's over the spikes. It's so good. I don't know if that was supposed to be like a commentary on higher education. But it was definitely a real moment of like, this movie might be pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Between that, right after this is when we get the flashback scene, right? Is it? The flashback scene is maybe my favorite scene. Go ahead and tell us about the flashback scene, because I don't think I took any notes. <laughs> we find out that our female lead and one of her fucking friends <laughs> were driving around one night in high school. They saw some. <laughs> they saw somebody with their headlights off. <laughs> They flashed the lights at him, and then the guy crashes and dies. <laughs> like, what? Don't he not see them coming just because his headlights were? Oh shit! Jesus! <laughs> just fucking veers off the road like a wet, hot American summer and collides into a tree. Part, like they couldn't. They couldn't find a way to get the gang violence part of this urban legend into the movie. Right. <laughs> so they just went with this. And it's like, you know what? Fuck it. Close I, it off. It's called Urban I, Legend. They'll figure I it out. I think what it was is Parker. It was the grandfather from Silent Night, Deadly Night. And he saw the flashing lights. He had an episode. He thought he was on the pizza door. Ah, shit! <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it's the stupidest flashback. We're like at least halfway, if not more, in. Like, oh, uh, you know, I just haven't been the same since uh, this guy died. <laughs> <laughs> you go back and see, like, oh, hey, turn your lights on. Oh, fuck, Jesus. <laughs> and he just <laughs> dies on the spot. It really does have powerful jackass <laughs> energy. <laughs> I hate this fucking ceiling fan. It just goes into a tree. <laughs> uh, it's, it's just like the, the the grandma going down the road at 100 miles an hour. Oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Oh, Don fucking sucks at driving. That's what happened. I flashed her eye beams at him. <laughs> okay, so now we cut to the world's second greatest party. Uh, <laughs> buddy, it's gonna be it's gonna be third greatest once we watch Sorority Row. Oh trust yeah, me. that's a good point. So oh, that's happening next week. <laughs> I've decided mid episode I want to watch Sorority Row again. Great. So anyway, they're listening to Roller Coaster of to Love Roller Coaster, and there's that scream, and Parker sidles up next to a girl and says, "By the way, that scream that's an actual cry for help from a 911 recording. You know, they had uh, the the <laughs> FBI investigated it, and it was a real scream, and they just took it. They put it on you the know, board. my friend that was on the league was there. <laughs> I bet 911 recording. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Thank you for calling me out on that. <laughs> so." Parker, I think you mentioned this. They go upstairs to talk. When I say they, it's uh, just uh, the main actress and uh, Jared Leto. Uh, they, while they're upstairs talking, I hear down in the uh, in the party they're playing Zoot Suit Riot. <laughs> It's real 1998 energy when people still thought that song was cool. Blaring as this girl like walks outside, sad in the rain. <laughs> that is 1998. <laughs> <laughs> she's just like having a breakdown because the boy she's crushing on like someone else. And that's one of the best performances in the movie is like that girl has to act like she's disappointed she didn't get to kiss Jared Leto. <laughs> Guess I'll have to settle for fucking Lex Luthor from Smallville. <laughs> About him though. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know that urban legend we all know and love of a dog getting microwaved? <laughs> can't say I've heard that one before. Actually, that is one that I've heard of before. But it wasn't so much an I've urban legend. It was more like, you read about it in the National Enquirer and all those other tabloid magazines. Yeah, I saw my neighbor put that dog in the microwave and it blew up. Yeah, sure. Of course it did. And your neighbor was abducted by an alien. Was probed in the butt. Uh, and then we have a killer who murders everyone based off dead baby jokes. <laughs> so intense. I mean, that's the thing about this is there's another fake out. You know, he does, oh, the call is coming from inside the house. Uh, which feels like, a, it was like, ah, we know you're all here because of Scream. But uh, it's like another shitty fake out. It was like, if you did more of these, I think it might actually be better. But they do it so infrequently that it just it just gets kind of annoying, really. Also, the urban legend about force feeding yeah, someone really... bathroom cleaning liquid. Yeah, the fucking pop rocks and bathroom cleaner. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> like, you know, like, okay, so when I do this, he's going to run up to the bathroom. And then I'll have the pop rocks ready. Because <laughs> it's a fucking one Mississippi. Gotcha. Like, that's the thing that gets Fell me into my is, trap. like... What? How did that urban legend develop? Oh man, you should have met Billy Crow. He was at this house last year, and he ate pop rocks and toilet cleaning liquid, and he died. 
<laughs> I mean, a sick rager. We just had Tide Pods as a thing. It's not that far removed. Oh, that's a good point. I just, I, fu- <laughs> I fucking love the fact that they're like, yeah, it was the Pop Rocks first. And then the fucking drain cleaner. <laughs> yeah, that Drano, uh, the chemicals activated with the Pop Rocks and killed them. How do you think scientists found out that one? I think they were testing it on mice, like in Secret of Nim. Anyway, so Urban Legend. He would have been he, fine. He ate all these Pop Rocks and someone shot him 18 times in the back. <laughs> he would have been fine, but that uh, <laughs> fucking rocks bouncing around in his mouth really pushed him over the edge. Yeah, so Urban Legends kill number seven is when you find your college professor murdered in the trunk of your car. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I hated that part yeah, of college, Yeah, that story, dude. man. Oh, it happened to some guy I knew. <laughs> the guy taught us Urban Legends. He's in your trunk, bro. Is everything cool? And it's just like they fucking they go to this gas station. All I want one of the characters to say is, "You know, if the guy we're meeting doesn't show up in fifteen minutes, we're legally allowed to leave." <laughs> <laughs> or else it's free. Okay, so uh, we should probably talk about the killer's reveal here. Um, oh, 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 you mean the PowerPoint presentation? Yeah, the literal PowerPoint presentation. <laughs> it's so fucking cool. Oh man, um, like there are monologues, and then there's knocking them out, and they wake up like handcuffed to bed. Like, okay, now let me just get the projector up. Ha! Huh, does this look familiar to you? Like, no. <laughs> Who the fuck are these people? It was. <laughs> it's so beautiful. Uh, so he, it's, it reminded me of uh, of Adam's Family Values with Debbie at the end. Remember. <laughs> what about Debbie? <laughs> Sorry, no Mercedes this year. We have to set an example. Set this. <laughs> Tragically, Rebecca Gayhart, the actress playing the killer in this movie, also struck and killed a nine-year-old boy. Jeez. Just thought I'd tell a girl that at a party. <laughs> 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 it just—it's the the meme of like the kid standing alone in the corner of parties to me going, yeah. So actually, uh, the guy was her boyfriend. She's been mad the whole time about it, and she's getting revenge. I wish I was at home watching Stay Alive. Hey, hey, Parker, buddy. What's up, man? What, what what if I told you that she's coming back for the remake? Oh my god! Yes. Well, they've already set her up for the sequel, so. Parker's like, buddy. She, she's the only one who's like, oh, I know what movie this yeah. is. Let me just crank this dial up a teensy bit here. <laughs> Parker, buddy, what what if I told you the sassy black cop is also coming back in the remake? I have achieved flight. <laughs> <laughs> I am levitating. You guys. <laughs> I'm so happy. Oh my goodness. Because like, sure, like, it's like, okay, you need to like show that you're crazy. Oh, 1998 crazy? Got it. <laughs> she is seriously going off the rails. Uh, it's so I, good. I think it's I kind of lost track of why she killed everyone else. <laughs> why would she just kill because... that girl? Because she was responsible for that death, for flashing her, her headlights. So I got revenge by killing all these people you don't like. <laughs> and also your teacher and Dean. Got you. Because she's just crazy, I guess, and that's what crazy people do. They kill people. This movie's eight. Don't hit me. I'll hit me. <laughs> I just... Can you imagine, Parker, being in this, like... Being in a theater, watching this, 
as uh, as she, she's pointing a gun back and forth between Jared Leto and our, our lead. And she says, eeny, meeny, mighty. And the cop pulls out her second gun and shoots her and says, Mo. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, let's just backpedal a little bit. Because she's giving this whole crazy monologue about her intentions. And then Jared Leto enters the room to a slow clap. It's, yeah, first of all, <laughs> that scene is particularly great because he's that close to seducing her. <laughs> and she just says like yeah I don't even like this fucking twerp whatever she murdered he's like great plan only one problem and then she's just like I have a gun though she, she really she's she like, was oh. giving him the eyes though she was giving him the Nala eyes and she was like she was she was thinking like Woody the Pooh maybe literal fuck before man you can just see the CIA research chemicals flowing through her body it's like look I know she's murdered all these people she has a gun but <laughs> Would you really only last 30 seconds to take me to Mars, young man? So, uh, what proceeds is the most melodramatic movie death I've seen in a horror movie since Midsummer. It's so She gets shot and falls out. First of all, it's slow motion, deep force. <laughs> she falls out the that window. That is a choice. <laughs> I appreciate it. It was the funniest yell that I've heard in a movie, and I don't know how long. It literally sounds like, Dodge! <laughs> <laughs> Why was she in the movie like this? Anyway, uh, the movie's not over. The movie keeps fucking going. They drive away and say, wow, that was a really weird experience we had at college. Hopefully our next semester will be better. Turns out she's still in the back of their car after Jared Lowe says, I wonder what the twist of this horror movie would be. I think it would go a little something like this. <laughs> she shows up and tries to scream. to scream, too. Like, fuck off. <laughs> and then, anyways, they, I guess... They crash, the car's on fire, it's like, wow, and they never found her body. And then she's alive at the next college to... <laughs> Big Jeffrey died and never heard from him again. Like, then she got her revenge and was like, alright, well, that's over. I guess I'll transfer <laughs> to go to a different school. <laughs> and ordinarily I'd say, so what's her motivation for killing anyone? Well, she didn't need a motivation last time. She still killed Robert England for no good reason. <laughs> Why would you kill... The professor of urban legend. <laughs> you make him your ally. <coughs> I will think about professor of urban <laughs> legends until I die. I promise you. It's such a stupid conceit. And like the scene doesn't matter. It makes no difference in the movie. But it's like a good ten minutes of these people in a classroom talking about. Uh, then you know if you take the pop rocks and Pepsi. Like what the fuck. People are dying around you. <laughs> it's incredible, too, because they're like, yeah, well, well, it's just a prank, you know, and that's why we know it's not a killer. They're fucking talking about, like, oh, yeah, my buddy Jeff was sitting on the toilet, and then a snake came up from the toilet and bit him in the butt. Ah, uh, I bet uh, you all have a buddy that happened to. <laughs> He's so condescending. I was not expecting uh, a Robert Engel impression that good from you. <laughs> It's a gift. He's so fucking demeaning to these kids who are paying like 60 grand to listen to him talk about the kid from the Life Serial commercial. <laughs> what a good-ass movie. Do you guys uh, you guys like to hear one final note on Jared Leto? Oh, boy. More what than anything. 
Matthews recalled that he was cast based on a dark quality he possessed that was at odds with his conventional appeal, and because he was already an established actor known for his role in the teen drama series My So-Called Life. Guys, even in the 90s, Jared Leto was already the Joker. Exactly! He was pre-Jokerized. He was born to play the role. (laughs) Who could do it better? Damn it. I wonder... You know what really gets Rebecca me about Gower this movie is... She's got powerful Joker energy. <laughs> you know what really gets me about this movie is that for a movie called Urban Legend, you'd think this would be the one movie to end with Bigfoot. And that's the tea, sis. Cheese Nacho 